0: We're going to go. We're going to go. All right. Here we go. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to debate night. If you join the live stream, you can see how crazy of a debate night it's been so far. It's been going back and forth nonstop. I've been fighting for my life against the audio. If it sounds trash, I apologize. I'll try to figure it out next time. I literally thought I got it fixed. We restarted the stream. I don't know anymore. I got people in the chat telling me it sounds good. People telling me it doesn't sound good. I don't know anymore, but I have a lot to say and I want to start the show. We're live on Twitter Spaces right now. We got 75, 75, 70 people listening over on Twitter Spaces. We got a couple hundred here on YouTube. Thanks so much for joining so late tonight. Apologies. Like I said in the last one, if you joined us earlier, uh, this show, what we're doing right now, will be called Something Different. I saw a bunch of people enjoyed this show, and I want to give the people what they want. So we're going to continue this show, but it will be a new name. So stay tuned for that. And we have Trevor's Baby, his his show that he's been prepping for, for a while, coming out soon as well. So be on the lookout for that. But without further ado, it's Wednesday, January 11th. We got debate night. Let's jump into it. First topic. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter or on Instagram, but I posted my conversation that I had with Ezra. If you did not get a chance to see that, I will read that out loud for you all now. Where is he at? Ezzy, Ezzy. So Ezra, we were talking previously because we're gonna be doing, this year will be a little bit different on tour for me. I'm not gonna be going so much with the hotels. I wanna be able to cook my own food and kind of keep track of what I'm putting in my body. So we're going to be doing a lot more Airbnbs. So as of right now, it looks like me, Ezra, and the Gooseman himself, Aaron Gossage, will be doing a lot of Airbnbs. Um, Garrett will be joining us, which you guys have seen probably in some videos for some. And we might have some stragglers here and there. But that will be pretty much the core of the Airbnb life on tour. So we've been talking kind of back and forth about Airbnbs. We've been talking back and forth about filming and how we want to go about it. And out of the blue, this was on December 29th, he texted me, you a gyro guy now, question mark. I responded with the LOL. Then he said, wow, crying emoji, RIP get freaky. Which I then responded, relax, we will still film, ha ha. And then he finished with the yeah, I don't care if we throw different discs for videos, LOL. Then he asked me if I was throwing a specific MVP disc. And he said that like, those were his discs that he liked before he started throwing nukes. And I told him, you'll see soon enough. At that point, Ezra thought I was gone, which was awesome because in my head, I was like, oh man, I'm going to walk in and he's going to be like, what the heck? why is Brody here? Um, unfortunately, he was alerted before that someone was going to go pick me up at the airport. So I got—I didn't get to see like the face of him being like, why the heck are you here? But it was still worth the payout of him believing that I left Discraft for as long as I did. Now, I do want to go a little bit more into that, my deal and stuff. I do want to mention also the photo that i took i was not lying i was testing out a new disc there Uh, however i wasn't testing out the discs that were perfectly placed to be in the photo Uh, i wasn't testing out the team innova disc that was perfectly underneath some of the discs that you could see the team innova stamp that avery jenkins gave me Uh, or the paradox disc that Kelsey throws, that is an MVP disc, or the dynamic disc bag that I got for Worlds that was just perfectly in the corner. I think some of the, some of you guys picked up on it, some didn't. Um, but yeah, that was a little bit of fun. It was, it was fun to kind of see people speculating, I guess, if you will. Now I will say, PIN had not hit paper with my contract with Discraft Until yesterday, 30 minutes prior to them announcing the elite team, I was still a free agent at that moment. So there wasn't this like, uh, there wasn't this thing of where like I had signed with Discraft three months ago and I knew it. And, um, you know, I was just waiting basically to announce it. There was a lot of back and forth going on. And it wasn't up until yesterday around probably 12 o'clock my time because we were out in Vegas at the time. 3 o'clock, I think, Eastern is when they posted it. So like 12.30 or – no, it would be like 11.30. 11.30 my time. It finally got signed. Um, I'll go a little bit more into detail with my contract on some of the things that I'm excited about. And um, if there's questions and stuff, I'll answer those as well or at least what I can't answer. Um, before I do that, though, I do want to talk about the Discraft trip a little bit. So a lot of people on Discraft have recently moved to Florida. You have Paige, who lives in the Panhandle, and then you have Paul, which, funny enough, literally moved down the street from my Florida house. I have a Florida house in Panavedra Vedra uh, that my mom lives out of. And uh, he surprisingly moved just north of there. And so I think that was the idea of why we ended up settling on that location was uh, being close to Paul, I believe. Um, Because we weren't actually really close to any disc golf courses. I think the nearest disc golf course was like 20, 25 minutes away. And then New World where all the elite videos were uh, all the uh, videos that you'll see coming out, some advertisements, some commercials, and then obviously the Elite video that Shane edited. Um, I, I wanna say his name is Jamie, I'm terrible with names. I believe Jamie was also the other person that was there filming. Uh, they did a great job. That was out at New World, and New World is where we played the last Silver Series of 2022. Uh, and New World was like 45 minutes away. So we weren't super close to anything, uh, but we were, it was super convenient uh in a sense for Paul and I think they also were having like like Ezra I think is not doing the RV anymore and so then they had to switch out the RV with someone else. So there was a lot of moving parts. Anyways they rented and I think they still have an Airbnb rented in that neighborhood. And I think there still are players from Discraft still in this Airbnb. I flew in for the days I needed to be there. So I needed to be there for like two and a half days. So I flew in, did my things, bounced. We had a job out in Vegas. So I immediately basically went out there. Um, a lot of the Discraft people, like I said, are still hanging out there. But essentially we all need to be there for this one day, which was the elite the elite team uh, shoot that you guys got to see that Discraft posted not too long ago. Let's, so let's talk about it. elite team real quick. Who's on the elite team? So you have myself, Aaron Gossage, moving up to the elite team this year. You have Anthony Barella leaving Innova and signing with Discraft, making the elite team. You have Valerie Mandahano leaving Dynamic Discs, signing with Discraft, making the elite team. And you have Holland Hanley, leaving i believe dynamic disc as well signing with discraft making the elite team there you have it the elite team um so let's talk about myself uh making the elite team was a huge thing that was something that obviously like my contract and the way i'm currently set up is a little bit different than a lot of other players that aren't at the highest tier of their teams uh for the most part from what i've gathered if you're not at the highest tier of most teams disc craft will be willing to work with you or innova or mvp or dynamic any any manufacturer be willing to work with you to essentially say we you can buy essentially discs from us and then you can you know sell those discs yourselves um but outside of the tour like the elite team Discraft doesn't really put too much promotion behind that. So when you become on the elite team, you get a tour series disc, and what a tour series disc basically gets is you get a pick, or Discraft, or whoever gets to you know help you decide what disc your tour series disc is going to be. They put your name on it, and then they heavily market that disc throughout the year. And a lot of people on the highest level make. Their living or make their most of their sponsorship off the royalties of that disc. So if you are a fan of a player, you know, you going out and buying their tour series disc, and this was like the reason why it was called tour series was it was the, it was basically the driving factor for a lot of players to make enough money to actually go tour. That's obviously not the case now because there's a lot of other money going on in the sponsorships to where. You don't necessarily need the revenue from, or the royalties rather, from that disc to make it on tour, but it obviously is nice. And it's also, at the end of the day, Discraft, Dynamic, Innova, all these teams, they basically, let's just say they all make 20,000 of a disc. Okay. So there's 20,000 zones, 20,000 buzzes, 20,000 nukes, 20,000 vultures, 20,000 uh, Buzz SSs. There's 20,000 of all these discs, and they're each. Someone's tour series disc. That's an easy way for disc craft to just be like, okay, who actually sells discs? Who has fans that are willing to support them? Now, obviously, the disc actually matters here because if you do pick up disc that is not a known disc, not something that people like to throw a lot, your sales are probably going to suffer a little bit versus if you have a zone or you have a buzz or you have something along those lines where people just, those are very popular discs no matter whose names are on them. So you have to be a little strategic with what disc you want to pick. But at the end of the day, this is like the easiest way for fans to basically say like, we like this guy, we're a fan of this guy, we are supporting this guy. Because if you have someone that can literally sell out of their tour series disc all the time, all the time, it, it would be hard for disc craft to be like, holy cow, this guy's not valuable to us, right? Regardless of what they do during the season, performance-wise, if their tour series discs are selling crazy, that's a real easy way for the manufacturer to be like, this is awesome. So, with that being said, my tour series disc for 2023 will be the, I'm not gonna give that away yet, maybe in a future podcast, but soon. Um. Twitter died, are we back live on Twitter? Okay, people are coming back, all right. I think we're back, coming back on Twitter. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what happened on Twitter. But we should be back, we should be back ready to go. I'll be adding some people. I don't know, what happened, am, I, am I, my Twitter space too long or something? I don't know. We had some people requesting, but not anymore. I'll keep an eye on that, I'll keep an eye on that. But yes, I'll be announcing my Tour Series disc once it gets all finalized, and uh, I can't wait for it. It's gonna be exciting. Outside of the actual disc, because ultimately, if you're a player, the Tour Series disc is like the biggest thing when it, oh my gosh. All right, we're gonna, st- hold hold on with me. I don't know what's going on with uh, Debate Night podcast. I don't know what just happened with Twitter, but it just canceled my Twitter spaces. So we're gonna start this back up. And we're going to share it. So we can get some people in here. I'm gonna post it on here. So hold on, sorry, sorry, this is super unprofessional. But you know, this is what happens when you run a show by yourself. Things like this are going to happen and you're just gonna to have to deal with it. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just dealing with the situations of I'm running a show solo dolo at ten sixteen at night after I just blew my legs out in the gym and you know what it's fine I'm not I'm not worried Can I, can I just edit this
1: Dang it Okay I just gotta remove that
0: Okay Join Twitter Spaces to talk with me Boom Pin Place pin message, boom! Love that. Are we back on Twitter Spaces? It looks like we're back on Twitter Spaces. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in my first caller here. We got Landon in the wings. Landon, hold on if you're listening. You're you're up next, so get ready. But we're gonna I'm gonna finish this real quick before we bring it Landon in here. So the majority of pros getting on the elite team, the star team—I have no idea what MVP calls their team or or anyone else. I just know elite and star. Getting on those teams, the most valuable thing is the fact that you have a Tour Series disc. Now, obviously, I'm in a different ball game. I jumped in the first year. And I immediately got the Get Freaky. I got a stock. I had, I had disc galore. We had plenty of discs. So for me, getting a Tour Series disc, is it cool? Sure. Am I excited to have you guys? I mean, tons of people have been saying, I can't wait to get a Tour Series disc. Obviously, that is a huge thing. But more importantly to me is the fact that I was able to have a season that got me on the Tour Series team. I could have been on the Tour Series team year one, year two, year three, if Discraft was like, you know what, if we get Brody a Tour Series disc, it's going to sell probably, so let's just get him on here. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to earn my spot. And if you go back and look at my season, I feel like I did that. I, I was very aware with where people were, where I was, and what I needed to do to essentially make myself on the Tour Series team and i feel like i did that so um oh i didn't forgot corey Ellis, thank you someone i saw in the chat corey Ellis also is on the tour series team as well or sorry elite team made the elite team as well um and so now it's all about maintaining my maintaining that and improving can i do better to maintain my spot on the elite team i did sign a two-year deal with discraft so i will be with discraft from 2023 to 2025 can I stay on the elite team? That's that is the question. And obviously there's other goals and stuff in, in there. But if you look at the elite team, I almost tweeted this the other day, but I couldn't figure out the right way of wording it. I wanted to say something along the lines of like: if I beat everybody that's sponsored by Discraft, if I go into a tournament and I finish and I'm the highest finisher that's sponsored by Discraft, there's a very good chance that I either won the tournament or like got top five. The amount of talent that's on disc craft this year is very high. So, you know, it's gonna be very competitive. And you have a lot of people also that aren't on the elite team that are also very good at disc golf and also wanna be very competitive. So it's gonna be good. Now, again, something I'll say out there, I'll be the first to say it and a lot of people can disagree or agree with me on this. I don't view people sponsored as, uh, sponsored by Discraft as teammates. I don't. I view them that we both have a mutual interest in the fact that we're sponsored by the same company and so we want to do the best for that company. And if that makes sense, if it makes sense to work together to do cool stuff, that's fine but I do not view people that are sponsored by Discraft differently than people that are sponsored by Innova, MVP, Dynamic, Lone Star, whatever. Uh, I'm basically viewing people based off my interactions with them, whether or not I like them, uh, whether or not they're good people, whether or not they're someone that I wanna hang out with. That's how I view it. The way I see it is if I was on, I've played a lot of teams, I've played with, I've, I've did Ultimate Frisbee for most of my career. I've been on a lot of teams. My relationship with, we'll just use Ezra, for example, because we actually have a good relationship. But if that relationship, let's just say all of a sudden ended, and I was like, I don't want to talk to Ezra anymore. I don't want to hang out with him, whatever. When Ezra has his tea time tomorrow at 8.45, there is going to be zero impact on his round. I will have zero impact on his round. Now, if that's ultimate Frisbee, where me and one of my wide receivers, let's say, one of my cutters downfield, all of a sudden have a feud and we're no longer talking to each other and we don't want to hang out with each other and all that, well, then now I'm going to look at the camera now. Is this weirder? Is it weirder looking at the camera? I'm going to start looking at the camera. Is that weird? Or do you guys like me? You like me looking here or looking at the camera? Because I might start looking at the camera. It might be more personal if I'm looking at the camera. I'll see
1: what everyone says, and we'll go for there.
0: They don't care. Camera. I'm looking at the camera. My point being, ultimate Frisbee team, if I have a feud with someone, now we have an issue. Because now that's chemistry. Now that's, that's throwing off the team aspect. We have to work together to be successful. If our chemistry is thrown off, that's a bad thing. That's why I don't view like the whole team Discraft, Team Innova, Team MVP the same way as I think a lot of people do. However, however, if there comes a point where there is another side of disc golf where they're like, you know what, we are going to have a manufacturer's cup, we are going to keep track of the top five player finishes in every manufacturer throughout the season, award points, and at the end of the season, there will be a manufacturer that is awarded the best team. If that is the case, I am all on board. Again, it's still individual. If it's me and Ezra on the final card, I am trying to beat the crap out of him. However, if there is a team aspect like that, of where there's prestige, there's notoriety, there's money, there's stuff that's involved with actually winning at the end of the year, I'm all for it. As of right now, there's none of that. So to me, walking into a group of people that are sponsored by Discraft and walking in a group of people that are sponsored by a completely different manufacturer, to me, there's no difference. There's gonna be some people in the room that I really like, there's gonna be some people in the room that I don't like, Some people I want to hang out with to talk. Some people I don't want to. There's no difference. So I'll give that out there. Because I know that gets talked about. A decent amount. Let's bring Landon in. He's been waiting long enough. Let's see what he has to say. Hopefully it's on the topic. That's the whole idea of the show. Is, oh, he just immediately bailed. Uh, Okay, try again. Let's see. Hopefully it's on the topic. Landon, let's see. Is it on the topic? What do you got for us? You got to unmute yourself, brother.
2: Yeah. uh, Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, lower the volume of the uh, stream in the background so we don't hear like double.
2: Got it. Uh, Well, you kind of answered my question Uh, with the team dynamic. I was going to ask what it was like compared to um, other team sports you played. So you literally just answered that question. Uh, but on the topic, kind of just going further into that, obviously you're close with Ezra, uh, but what were the, the vibes like, or I guess the, what was the dynamic between uh, the elite team while you guys were all together for a couple days doing that? Um, obviously it seems like AB and Adam have gone back and been close to each other. You and Ezra spent a lot of time filming together. But how was that dynamic with some new members coming together?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a weird dynamic. Uh, Like, I I probably make it a weird dynamic for everyone. Because, you know, um, just the situation, a lot of people probably don't want to get on Paul's bad side. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's been pretty obvious that I have no relationship with Paul anymore. I pretty much have cut that off completely. And so I'm, you know, if, I'm not surprised that people are taking that side over my side. I I would not, it doesn't surprise me at all. So I'm sure it's a little bit awkward for some people maybe with me being in the same room um, in that regard. But at 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 the end of the day, like I'm there to get the job done. It's not that big of a, it's not that big of a deal. Like there's a lot of people, you view it this way. In the majority of office jobs, where you have a handful of people all in the same office, there are gonna be some people that like each other and some people that don't like each other, but they understand that they have to get the job done. That's the same thing. I, I knew what I was getting myself into. It's not that big of a deal. We can stay professional um, and get the the video shots and all that stuff that we need to go. Um, it's, it's honestly not that big of a deal. I did say, I did tell some people this which I think is a decent growth for me because I do I'm pretty bad at holding grudges. It's it's a pretty known fact if you follow my ultimate frisbee career, I that is probably a weakness of mine of where once you're like dead to me essentially, like you're dead to me and there's really nothing that you can do to get that back. I feel like that's where I maybe have grown a little bit the last few months to where I'm at the point of where if Paul does want to have a conversation with me and kind of set, I don't know, like, if he he wanted, this is where I'm at. If he wanted to put forth the effort, I'm down to kind of squash it and move forward. Um, But I'm in the position of where it's like, I, you know, I, you Go back and watch the last debate night where we talked about the whole thing, right? About how everything happened. Um, I just don't think I'm in a position to where like I want to put the step out there first. If that makes sense. Um, so that's where I'm at. Um, so we'll see if he reaches out and wants to and wants to talk about it. I'm down. But again, it's it's not changing anything. It doesn't change anything with Discraft. Discraft everything runs smoothly. Um, and then, you know, you have great people coming in. Like I got to spend a little bit of time with Holland Hanley. She seems like an incredible, incredible person. And, and also someone that has like a really incredible work ethic or at least like the, the small amount of time I got to see. Um, and so that, I think that's going to be awesome to kind of see her growth with Discraft. craft. Uh, you got Corey Ellis who. Is just an absolute monster. We played this like old school video game for a while. Me, him, and Ezra and Yuli. Um, He's a super nice guy. Obviously, I had a great time playing with him and Ricky, even though they destroyed us. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I I mean, it's still like a good group of people. Don't get me wrong. Like, I guess it's also I'm old as crap. You know, I'm I'm getting up there in my years. So I think it's a little bit different than if I was younger, I would probably be a little bit more interested or eager to like start relationships. But I guess I'm also kind of old and I'm also at the point too of where, unfortunately I have gotten burned so many times to where, you know, I keep people at a a distance. You know, me and Ezra for the longest time, we were like, we talked a little bit, but, we didn't like jump into a crazy friendship right away. It kind of slowly grew over time. I'm just a little bit more hesitant nowadays um, with people's intentions and stuff, which again might be a negative thing might be something that I should work on. Um, but you know, I got friends from college. I got friends from high school that have been around from day one uh, before YouTube, before social media, before all that. Um, and we can kind of just keep that relationship going. So I'm not really looking uh, to go out and uh, you know try to make new friends. Um, if it happens, it happens kind of thing.
2: Awesome. And uh, I saw your Instagram posts about uh, you kind of tricking Ezra for a little bit. Yeah. Did he know you were going to show up before you showed up to Florida? Uh, when did he find out you were resigning?
0: Yeah, so Bob was picking me up from the airport. And so I think Bob on the way out said, I'm going to pick up Brody. And he was like, brody like brody smith and he's like yeah and he was just like dumbfounded he was completely confused so and also the text message if you go and look at it i didn't lie i didn't say anything that wasn't true he kind of just dug his own grave with with you know putting himself in a pretzel essentially of, of what was happening so but all right man thanks for calling in brother appreciate it appreciate it all right we got hunter here let's see what hunter's got to say on the issues Well, hold on, Hunter. Before you say that, I want to just address this comment real quick because we are live right now. If you want to join the conversation, definitely jump over on the Twitter Spaces. Brock just laid a comment down. Brock, I would love you for you to jump over on the Twitter Spaces uh, with your comment, and I would love to discuss that because I I feel like I I feel like uh, you're missing you're missing some things. You're missing a few key details, I move on in a lot of situations in my life. Uh, I mean, look, a couple months ago, or a couple years ago, the whole good, good situation, moved on completely from that. So, I think you're missing a few things, would love for you to join the Twitter space. Hunter, sorry about that, continue. Oh yeah, I uh, I mean,
3: you kind of touched on a little bit maybe, but like how much influence, I guess, did you have in, how they announced you on the elite team? I mean, it sounds like none,
0: right? Yeah, no. I thought. I mean, I obviously had talked to them. I had, a, I had a really, really clever idea that I wanted to do for like my own announcement. Um, but with how the the contract was going and stuff, like I thought the contract was going to happen and get done way ahead of time. Obviously, it got signed thirty minutes before the announcement. I had already filmed. All that stuff, and I was technically at that time an unsigned professional disc golfer. Um, But that was all with hopes that we would get to where we needed to get to. So, like, it kind of squashed my like big plan for the announcement. Like, we ended up just doing a photo, right? Like, that's how I announced I was staying with Discraft. But I had a, a way cooler idea, and I don't want to say it because. Uh, I might use it in the future. Who, who knows? But uh, yeah, you know, it's they had an idea, they had an issue. I know, I know. Some people probably want to talk a little bit about because my 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 thing with getting announced that way on the elite team, I don't care at all. But I could see how some people might get might be a little bummed with like how A. B. Val Holland, um, the players that weren't signed with Discraft and came over kind of got lumped in with all the players that got moved up. And I can see it, it's tough for me, I can see it both ways. I can see it where, okay, if you announce each one individually, does it make the big elite team announcement smaller? Probably. But also does it give those players a little bit more limelight instead of having to share it with Corey, myself, Aaron, Guys that also moved up to the elite team, maybe as well. So I don't know. You know, it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's that, a tough one.
3: That that was kind of, I guess, kind of what I was leading into. Because for people like you, and I would I would put AB probably in that camp as well. It it kind of I was expecting something like you know, like we got with James Conrad last year, something like Prodigy put together, you know, for Kevin Jones last year what I'm assuming we're going to see with Simon, um, you know, I mean, it's going to be a big deal. There's going to be a full video. Yeah. And I, I too was thinking like this crap just put out a 56 second video mm-hmm. about a bunch of new talent coming to the top of their team that a lot of people were super excited about. It was less than a minute. And they spent five and a half minutes on a video to tell us that they're adding one more claw mark, you know, to like Paul's new disc. Like, we know. Like,
0: shocker. Well, I'll say, yeah, I'll say this. There is a lot more content from the Florida trip to come out yet. Like, there, there's we, we did film some other stuff as well. So there is more of that. Now, like, what is the... The, the strategy and the best way of marketing, like new additions, I will say like myself, re-signing um, or, or rather like extending my contract with someone is not as big of a, as a deal as like AB, Val or Holland coming to Discraft. Like someone leaving their sponsor and coming to Discraft is a much bigger deal than me just doing an extension. So, I I could see like I think the way they announced it for me, like I didn't I didn't have any issues. Like I didn't I didn't care that me being announced to the elite team was lumped in with everyone else. But I could see if I was in maybe A B, Holland, or Val Shoe, I could be like, Oh, it would have been nice if we kind of got like announced that we were signing with Discraft before the actual elite team announcement. So I I could see that. Yeah, that's that's fair. I kind of felt it most for like AB,
3: like you are saying. Um, And then just real quick, uh, before I get off here, I just wondered where you were at on your uh, Peloton
0: ride. Oh, good question. Um, So we are – I'm adding all you guys, but just mute yourself until I call on you, please. Thank you. Um, We are are making moves. I think we are – let me give you like a full update real quick. And I appreciate you uh, understanding that I'm not actually – physically biking to New York. But rather, virtually, every time I do a class... Yeah, logistically, that would be a lot more different. It would also be, like, the worst time to do it, too. Um, it would be freezing cold. Uh, as of right now, I have gone 344 miles. I still have 1,200 to go. I am just... Let's see. Where am I? I am. I just passed Little Rock. I'm. I'm like 50 miles past Little Rock, Arkansas. So we're. So we're making moves, and I, I'm gonna crank it up. I think. I think one thing I want to do too is I want to do a live stream, like a hundred mile live stream, because I'm getting to the point of where I can like sustain, roughly around like 21 miles per hour. Um. So if I do a live stream. If I do like a five-hour live stream, I can I can ride basically a hundred miles. So we'll see. It. We'll see. I'm all for it. Good luck. All right. Appreciate you calling in. Uh, all right, Dusty, I think you're next, brother. Um, all right. So I wanted to. Can you guys mute? Hey, if you're not, Dustin, can you guys mute yourself until I call on you, please? I don't I don't like having the power to mute you. I like you guys doing that yourselves. All right, here we go. Let's hear it.
1: All right. So first, I will say that uh, you didn't troll me at all. I got to get that off my chest, bro. Yeah, there's a lot of people that a lot of people right.
0: saw past it.
1: Yeah. Okay. I just, just wanted to make sure because it was the last debate night. You know that I, I had to get with that one out there. Yeah. All right. But to get to this, uh, to get back to the topic we are talking about, about you know your your view on being a part of the same manufacturer as not being a part of the same team. Yeah. Um. I, I feel everything that you said, and I don't disagree. However, I do think there are some aspects of being with the same manufacturer that for a lot of people do turn out to feel like there's collaboration. Obviously, the content side of it's one thing, but I guess theoretically you could do that with anyone, no matter what their manufacturer is. Though I do think it's harder. It, I do think it's harder though when you're not
0: part of the same. I'm not. I'm. I don't have any limitations on who I film with. Any limitations on who comes on the podcast? I have no limitations. I can do whatever I want. Right. But so. But the the
1: one the one thing I will say, and I'm not saying that you do this, you know, but. One thing that I do seem to see with people who are in the same manufacturer that do give it like a slight team vibe is kind of like when new people come in, kind of like helping them understand like what molds to throw, what runs are good, and
0: so. Can I give you a little spoiler there? All right. What what disc do you think they're recommending that people throw? I mean, the disc that they throw. That maybe they make money off of as well. Sure, but I do think
4: that there are probably some instances where sure, you're like, hey,
0: no, for sure, this, this might be too overstable for you. You might like this better. So it does seem like there is some collaboration. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying all of it. But I, I, I mean, I have seen it firsthand, not just on Discraft, but on other manufacturers as well. As well of where you know people are you know, trying to get you to potentially put a disc in your bag and throw it that at the end of the day is going to help them sell more That is, that disc, you know? So there. yes and no. I always say yes and no. There, I, I don't think every single like, oh, you should throw this disc. I don't think all of that is coming from a 100% I'm just trying to help you out situation, right? And again... You also have to think too. At what point, you know? Look at the PGA Tour. Some of those guys hold a lot of stuff to their chest, right? And they 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 pick and choose who they tell information to. I think you're going to see that as well in disc golf if the money ever gets there, right? Like if the money ever ever gets up to the point of where it's it's an absorbent amount of money like why Why would you just be going out and giving everyone your secrets? You wouldn't, right? You would, you would be picking out, you would be picking certain people that you do it to and you, you see it like with Tiger Woods, for example, like Tiger Woods has taken like Justin Thomas under his wing. Uh, but I remember talking to Rom and Rom was basically saying like, like he hasn't learned a single thing from Tiger. Like he he asked Tiger, I think a question on the putting green one time and Tiger kind of just gave him the runaround, Right. So I think there's, there's things like that too in play of where right now there, there is, it's, a, it's a little bit easier for someone to be like, oh yeah, let me help you with this and let me do that. There are some guys I play with that give me zero information and then there's some people that I've played with that have helped me out a lot, that have given me a lot of tips, you know, and have said, hey, try this or do this or whatnot outside of the actual throw this disc or throw that disc. Um, so we'll see. I don't I don't foresee that. I mean, there's a chance that that never happens in disc golf, right? There's a chance that disc golf s- continues to stay the size that it is and the, and the money that it is. And it can still kind of be this, like, everyone helps everyone type of thing. But at a certain point, like, when you start getting competitive people in here, and it is an individual sport, at a certain point, you kind of have to pick and choose who you want to give information to and who you don't, right? Mm-hmm. And, like... It's, it's one of those things too, like me and Ezra, for example, have a really good relationship to where there's some things that I'm better than he is at and there's some things he's better than me at. So we can kind of bounce ideas off of. And then you have some people like Calvin, for example, where like Calvin's kind of an open book. The rounds I've played with him, he's been super helpful to just like give his two cents and say like, yeah, this is how I do it. This is what I think is best. Um, so yeah, but I, I see what you're saying in that idea, but I, I'm more on the, on the lines of where it's like, all right, let's all go, uh, let's all go have a pizza party and, and go out in the back and, and put a movie on and all watch it together. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying like that's not really what I'm looking to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I, I would do that if it was an actual team to where it's like I would suck it up and, be, and do things to understand like team chemistry is a thing. Like I went, I'll go to golf If everyone's like, hey, let's go to Topgolf as a team. Yeah, let's go. And we did into doing that one night because that's a lot of fun and I'll enjoy that. But like there's certain aspects where it's like, there's certain things where I'm just not gonna do. I, and I, like I said, pin it on me being like a grumpy old man, I guess if you will, but it is what it is
4: ask one more question? Go for Sorry. it. Sorry. All right. So uh, you don't have to
1: go into like crazy detail if you don't want to on this one. But I, I feel like people are, are, are going to be curious about this one. Was there a chance that you would have gone somewhere else that wasn't Discraft? Yes. Or was that always like probably the highest probable thing?
0: Um, I think I think Discraft out of like if you were doing percentages, I think it was definitely the highest percentage. But there was, there was other percentages in there. Yeah. Just curious. Yep. All right. Appreciate it, brother. All right. Hunter, you're up. Oh, wait. No, we already talked to Hunter. Give me, sorry, Hunter. One second. Give me uh, Colin. I think Colin's ready to go. Colin, what do you got?
1: Yeah, ready to go. Hey, uh, Brody. Uh, yeah. Huge uh, Excited to see what's uh, going on next year. Switching gears a little bit, or maybe talking about extracurriculars. Um, you've been on the tour a few years. Are there any uh, upgrades in terms of your? Uh, routine accommodation, et cetera, that you're you're planning on implementing for the upcoming season.
0: You say accommodation, like where I'm staying, where I'm living. Like,
1: yeah, just like I mean, I know it's it's a big commitment, obviously in terms of lifestyle uh, on, on the PGA Tour. You're up every weekend here somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you deal with that. I don't know any details there, but are you planning any changes there or uh, any improvements that you're looking forward to?
0: Well, I, I I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I will be looking into like getting Airbnbs now, which I think will be huge for me. Just for the fact of me being able to cook my own food, um, it's it's very very difficult to eat a certain lifestyle if you're constantly having to eat every meal out, and also like it's just it's just very hard to track certain things if you're trying to track macros and all that stuff. So that will be a huge thing for me. Is is being able to actually be able to cook my food and, and know exactly you know the amount of calories and protein and all those things I'm, I'm putting in. Because I mean, last year I had no idea. I had no idea what I was doing. And
1: um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't go well. well Yeah, what was the situation last year? What, what was, how are you?
0: I was doing mostly hotels. And so, you know, you would occasionally do like the breakfast in the morning at the hotel, and then you'd go play. And while you're out there, you'd eat a couple of protein bars and a banana and some nuts. And then you'd eat like, I don't know, Waffle House afterwards or something. And then at night you'd have Chipotle or, you know, like you, you just bounce around and it's like, it's very, very hard to tell like what you're actually putting into your body, you know?
1: Do the, do these tournaments have like, uh, you know, like refueling tables and stuff? Yes. Like they have an ultimate tournament.
0: Some, some better than others. Yeah.
1: Okay. Thank you. Good yeah. Luck next
0: year. Of course. Thank you, uh, Jordan. What you got? Hey, man. What's up, brother? What? Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah. Good, good to talk to you. Uh, just about the
5: the teammates thing. Um, you know, you're not working towards the same goal necessarily as as far as tournaments go, but don't you think, like. If this craft does well in general,
0: you do well, right? Like, don't you want that? That's an interesting craft one. To win? That that is an interesting one. Um, let me ask you this question: If if Ezra wins a tournament, are you gonna be more inclined to buy one of my discs?
5: Well, maybe maybe not, but maybe I'm I'm more inclined to buy a nuke or whatever you know, whatever disc he's, he's peddling. But that puts me in the Discraft family. And then yeah. look at other
0: disc. Yeah. You know, I, so it's not, I, I understand. There that is some indirect. Saying. Yeah, no, I agree. There is some indirect there for sure. And, and um, I can see too how like, you know, if, if someone on Discraft, let's, let's just go, let's throw Aaron Gossage out, right? Let's say Aaron Gossage balls out of control, wins two majors, Wins like three elite series events, number one player in the world, okay? Oh, way to go Aaron. <laughs> yeah, that, that probably is going to help Discraft in sales, right? And ultimately this is a business and it's a business that relies 100% on sales. So now Discraft is bringing in more money to where they then can allocate that money elsewhere. But ultimately if I have like a terrible season um, and people just could care less about watching me, don't want to support me anymore, all that stuff, it ultimately doesn't really matter if Discraft all of a sudden just has this in, a huge influx of cash because ultimately at the end of the day, it's an individual sport and it's solely based on how I do. And that's, that's why, you know, it's one of those where, you know, you, I, I heard this all the time in um, when I was training at MJP. We would have a lot of M- NFL guys go there, and they would always talk about like how there were certain guys in the locker room that you just knew weren't team guys, and they were like individual stat guys. You know, they had they they would much rather you know have 115 yards receiving and lose the game than have 30 yards receiving and win the game, right? And when when you go and when you have that kind of player on your team, that can cause a lot of issues. In right. An individual. So, so obviously, if you're if you're on lead card with
5: Ezra, and it's it's up to the two of you, like you're gonna pull for yourself, and that makes sense. But like to not call him a teammate, I think doesn't make as much sense. Well,
0: here here I guess here's a question. I'm I'm like pretty good friends with like Zach Melton. Um, Calvin Heinberg's another dude where I probably like him more than he likes me, might be the fair way of saying that. Um I feel
5: the same way about you.
0: Oh okay. Well he, we're in the same boat then. <laughs> I, I'm like a I really like all like all my interactions with Calvin. I've had a really I, I like him a lot. He seems like a really That's cool it. dude. I wish I did more stuff with him. Um so like he's a perfect example of where if Calvin was going up against someone on Discraft, craft let's say that i don't necessarily have a greatest relationship with like right. am i wrong to be rooting for a guy that i really like that i think is a really good person
5: no no of course not of course not but i'm just saying the whole i think the, the word teammate is pretty black and white in this scenario where like these are at the end of the day your teammates you know so like it's
0: it's pretty easy to root I mean, you're you're a guy who's very into. Um... Do you see it? Sorry to cut you off, but I just wanted to, yeah. I wanted to pose I wanted to pose another question. What if What if um, Nike came in? Okay, and now Nike signs five people, myself included, and four other pros to an apparel sponsorship. Are they my teammates now, or is it different because one's apparel? And then one's this one's more like the tools that we use versus just a shirt that we wear. Or do you view them the same? No, I mean, they, they are kind of the same because I think the, the crux
4: of my point there is like, you're trying to do the best for yourself. Right.
5: And for whatever company you're representing and for whatever company that may be, whether it's apparel or equipment or whatever, you want it to do well overall. So like you're still, you know, you're still teammates. Also, I would, I would much prefer Adidas
0: than uh, Nike. Oh, okay. Well, here, here's here's another one. Other hypothetical for you: if everyone is, if everyone has this mindset, right? Because I'll, I'll just straight up tell you, I think a lot this of people. Is your mindset. This is your mindset. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, if everyone has the mindset that you have, of where like we're teammates and everyone's rooting for each other which I'll just be the first one to tell you. I think there's a lot of BS out there where people, uh, people say this, but then will say crap behind your back. Um, okay. So I'm just being real and honest about it, right? Of just saying like, I don't think it's a thing. Um, if everyone had that mindset of like, I want my teammates to do well. I want my teammates to do well. I want my teammates to do well. But yeah. if, is, there, is there a certain point though is it I want my teammates to do well but not, not better not better than me? Is that the mindset? It's,
4: it's not your teammates
5: doing well, it's your company that you work for doing well, right? Like that's no offense or anything, that's kind of your your whole brand is
4: like no, 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 no. Kind of bumping up the
0: numbers, right? No, no, so, th- no, this is a part this is a this is a, sp- a sponsorship. This is this is a, a, a uh this is a hundred percent a sponsorship where it should be the same exact way of where discraft is not saying okay we have 10 signed athletes nine of them did incredible but one of them underperformed but because the nine did incredible we're going to keep the one that underperformed like that that person that underperformed they're out like it's it i view it both ways if i'm in i'm I'm not thinking if i if i play terrible to the point of where everyone's like, I knew it, this guy sucks, he's trash. I have, I have no problem with Discraft saying, we gotta let you go, man. Like, this is not working. Even though all, all the other teammates of mine have done incredible, they, don't pick up, they can't pick up my slack. It's still a mutually one-on-one relationship between two people, between the company and the player. Yeah, but that, that, that's literally you
5: saying you want your teammates to do well. Is it not
0: if I if I wanted all my teammates to do well then at a certain point I wouldn't have a sponsorship because they would all do so much better than if they did all better than me and all the like let's us because I mean are, are the people off the elite team still my teammates are all the people on the tour team my teammates I mean uh, like Technically, by by words, yes. I guess I guess they will. Okay, that's actually an interesting question. Do you think the people I, on the elite yeah. team is a team, and do you think the people on the tour team is a team? So, do you think like Chandler Fry, Tim Barham, Ben Calloway are rooting for each other to beat the people out on the elite team?
5: Yeah, I mean this. It's it is an interesting question. It is a good question. Like it, it gets down to like a deeper semantics thing. Yeah. Um, like the whole thing is
4: like again, I think my original point is is, you know, you're working for this company and so you
0: Yeah, and I'm trying to do everything I can to make Discraft super successful. I'm trying to do everything I can to to work with Discraft to help them in whatever I can do. Right. And so, and so this will be this will be my last question yeah
5: because uh, you'll probably kick, kick me off after this one. Uh, oh no you're fine
0: so like no these are these are good thinking points because again it's one of those things of where i think before you before you ask i think disc disc golf could have something going on here because there is this element that doesn't exist in other sports there I, is I, dude absolutely like absolutely. This, this team element like new conversation yeah like know. Like the people that are, that are all Team Nike that are basketball players and the people that are all Team um, made or whatever, like they don't ultimately, all of a sudden someone becomes on the team and now all of a sudden everyone has to like that person, everyone has to root that person. That's not, a, that's not actually how it works. So there is this interesting thing that disc golf has and that's why I said there might be something where there could be this manufacturer situation of where there's actually a team, where there's actually a reason of where like all of a sudden we play like a doubles thing and we match up and it's like it's an FPO and an NPO player. Uh, I, and, I think that would be very cool too. I, think,
5: I, I mean that's a different, it's not even a different version of the word team but I, I, think, I, I think that should be where at least part of disc golf goes is to have the real team sort of thing like that. My point about teams is more like, of course
0: you're gonna support your friend. But, so, the, like I said, this will be my last point. But, but everyone on your know. team is not your friend though. That's what I'm trying to say. Like if you, no, like, yeah, like yeah, you right. have played, have you played, I mean, I'm assuming you've played some form of team sports growing up. Yeah. Yeah, there were some people on your team that you said, this guy sucks. And I'm sure there were some right, people.
1: but I still wanted my
0: team to win. Well, yeah, because you're on the team. You're, you're, you're actually on the team. <laughs> If Ezra goes out and wins a world championship, I like the dude. That does absolutely nothing for me. What does that tell me? That means I didn't win the world championship. That means I didn't win the world championship. No, that means he beat me. This crap gets more
4: popular, and with that, you get more I want to win. I want to win. And if
0: Ezra wins, that means I didn't win. If my team wins, if I'm on a basketball team, and my, and my arch nemesis that I hate so much so is – Bench. You're on the bench on a basketball team. Yeah, and my arch nemesis is our star team player, team and he drops 60 games. points, and we win the state championship. I'm going nuts because I'm on that team. Even though I don't like the guy, and I'm not going to ever talk to him again. You like Yuli, is team captain, right? So he's not, he's not elite team. Yuli is still super competitive. He wants to beat the crap out of all of us. And if he doesn't, if he says he doesn't, he's lying.
1: You don't think he's happy when Paul McBeth wins fucking Worlds?
5: Excuse my
0: language. I think he's happy because he's probably friends with Paul. But do you oh, do you think he would Discraft, rather maybe? do I think he would rather let want Paul to win than him? No. I don't. Well of course not. Of course not. But he's happy for Discraft. Sure. But but my whole thing is like just because Discraft wins worlds, that ultimately doesn't have like I I just don't view I, I want to win. I bet you so you will sell more
5: zones if this craft wins worlds than if they don't.
4: Alright. Maybe
0: not. I don't know. Well, there you have it. That could be my last point. That All right. Hey, point. hey, this was a this I was a good topic. Call, man. This, this was, was a good hey, I appreciate you calling. This was fun to go back and forth. It's something that I don't think has really ever been discussed on the show. So that was that was fun going back and forth. Yeah. All right. You, of course, brother. Take it easy. Um, all right, who else we got? Connor. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, what's up? All right, I've got a hot take for 2024 Worlds, um, and then kind of a suggestion with that for
1: you. Okay. It's kind of change of topic here. Um, so, you know, with your familiarity of the, the Lynchburg area, and uh, you having the new London Tech course record on UDISC and also assuming that your skill set gets
0: better, you know. Wait, got, I have the what? I have the what at UDIS? You have the course record on the new London Tech. No, Paul has the course record.
1: not on UDIS, you shot a fifty-eight. You have the course record right now. I just checked. That's
0: not right. I'm pretty sure Paul. I'm pretty sure Paul shot the course record. One of the tournaments. It might not have been an entered in on UDIS because it was. Okay. Uh, Paul has the course record on New One, but continue. Okay. All right, my bad. No, you're good. You're good.
1: Right. good. Assuming that, and um, also like the drama thing with you guys. So you guys have the whole beef going. Like I like that drama and sports. I think good drama can actually grow like sports if it's good. I know it can be toxic, but uh, so assuming you guys kind of keep that beef going, and let's say you have a really big year, 2023. 2024 you know you like you've already got a couple tour wins um do you think it would be like one of the most epic battles ever in disc golf if like you and paul were going uh head-to-head kind of like eagle were uh eagle was with paul there at uh, the european open would that be like even more epic than that you know going with your history
0: yeah i mean i think i think maybe from the fans perspective that would be probably something that was fun i mean that i think disc golf might be a little bit different with with the viewers, right? like again, it's kind of going back. I don't want to get into it, but kind of going back into the whole team aspect and stuff very different than other sports um, and so this might be kind of one of those things that where like maybe some people don't like to see two people that don't like each other go head to head against each other, but like to me gotcha. to me i i personally like i don't I don't personally like seeing like during competition two people being like ultimate like really really nice to each other of where if someone throws a good shot they high five and there's this back and forth of like it almost feels like i don't know it, it almost feels like a little bit too soft for me and i can see how like some people might be like oh well that's a bad take brody but like when i watch ufc for example like it's after the fact that that's how i've always viewed it is when when the you know, if we're using UFC, when the cage shuts, it's on. And until the final bell, that's where you show respect to the other pe- person. Or in MMA too, they have like kind of sometimes they'll touch gloves in between rounds, right? Like right before the round starts, they'll touch gloves and stuff. But I don't know. Like when I played ultimate, I just was never, you know, if I sky the trash out of someone or if someone lay out D's me or something like that. In the middle of a point or in the middle of a game, I'm not really looking to like dap up the other team and be like, oh, man, you got me there. Now, if if I'm friends with them and we have like a friendly kind of banter and we see this, you know, all the time in the NFL and stuff like that, where like an ex-teammate will tackle a quarterback and they'll kind of get up and give themselves like a little – you know, whatever, like that's all fine and dandy. But I think there's a level to it of where it only t- it almost takes out the competition and it makes me feel like I'm just like, I don't know. I'm watching something that doesn't really matter. You have two people. It kind of goes back to the caller at the end of the day of where it's like you have two people that like, oh, if I don't win and you win, I'm going to be so happy for you. It's, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not built that way right now, I guess. I, I, have, uh, I have one more question. Yeah. Uh, with
1: Paul being the course designer for New London, obviously you got the other course there, whatever it's called, Ivy Hills. Ivy Hills, yeah, Uh,
0: hasn't been been constructed yet, but yes.
1: Right, so do you think people would take away from Paul's win if he won because he's the course designer for the one course?
0: No, 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 I mean, no. I mean, he did design, like when he was designing that course, that was right around, the same time of me joining foundation, and so I remember going out in the course with him, and him kind of like pointing out like this is where this hole is, at, all that. When he was designing the course, it was it was very obvious obvious that he was designing a course that um, kind of suited his game. Uh, you'll notice if you watch, Ob is all down the right hand side of mostly all the holes. It's a very backhand, straight, mid fairway kind of. Uh, course and then he designed the course that was on his property up there for like a lot of shots and holes that he wasn't very good at like wasn't his bread and butter um but that i don't know what i think that course might be played for by fpo i'm not entirely sure but yeah i mean the course the course is set up very well for him but there's also a lot of people on tour that have that skill set you look at someone like a chris dickerson you look at someone like a Corey Ellis; um, these guys that are just very good. Back Calvin's another good example. There's a lot of people that have that skill set, so I think it's still going to be very, very competitive. But if he wins, you can't. I mean, you can't say, "Oh, he designed the course specifically for him." He still has to show up and play it. Like he still has to go right. out there and do the thing. So, yeah. And then one thing I forgot to mention with. Sure. uh
2: your uh, your skill set and everything getting better, and you know the epic battle if it were to happen. Um,
1: so I was wondering, you know, if you obviously it's your personal life, but if you were to happen like make amends with Paul, yeah, um, like maybe not make it public, so it kind of builds the drama, even if like things are chill again, like still maybe like, like you know, put it out there, like that there's still you know something going on, so it like actually hypes it up a little bit more, but <laughs> that's just kind of. Yeah, that's up to you. But yeah, I mean, I don't.
0: I mean, I don't think we're inviting. You know, we're to be ever inviting each other to uh, our birthday parties. You know, but I, I'm willing at least man to man. If he, if, you know, I said earlier, if he's willing to make the step to, you know, reach out to me and talk, I'm willing to man to man give a handshake. You know, brush it under the rug and say like, let's move on. Um, and I, I've, I've at least like at this point in time, I've at least forgiven him for the crap that we had to go through. Um, but I have no interest in like trying to mend that relationship. If that makes sense.
1: Right. Yep. Yep. right, That's all I had. Thank you.
0: Yep. Thanks brother. All right. Before we get any more callers, I want to run through a couple more things and then we'll bring some more people on. Um, I just recently went out to Vegas. We kind of had a little work trip out there got a chance to play the course. It looks like LVC, which currently had, which in the past has been three courses. It looks like it's gonna be two courses this year. It looks like they're gonna stick with the end of a course. That will be the same, or at least roughly the same. And then it looks like they're doing a combination of the other two courses into one course. I also saw a couple of tee pads get lifted and removed. So when I, I understand like during golf hours, They move pins so that the flow is better, and you don't get into the golfer's way. But there's also there's also you know there's something to be said when a tee pad is just completely gone. Like that hole is now changing. Uh, I saw that a little bit, so we'll see what happens moving forward uh, with that. I thought it was interesting. I got to test out the Venom a little bit more, which if you tuned into Smashbox, AB was talking about. It is very kind of, in my opinion, it's very similar to what a Nuke OS is going to be doing for me in my bag, but the rim is a little not as wide. So I think to some, it's going to feel better in their hand uh, than the Nuco OS, but the Venom coming out at some point. Uh, I also was messing around with the ESP Flex, the new plastic that's going to be coming out in 2023. Uh, I have an Undertaker that I was messing around with. I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that they make it in the Vulture, the ESP Flex in the Vulture. I think that would be an incredible disc, and uh, we'll see. But the Undertaker was working pretty good. I don't personally like the Undertaker as much as the Vulture. I would love to have just all Vultures in my bag instead of adding in another mold, Uh, but we'll see what happens. I'm surprised it's taking me this long to get to this, but Simon Azat has officially left Disc Mania. That was a pretty... I want to ask him too, like, what is the thought, what was the thought process behind it all? Uh was there was there like a was there like a plan? Did he have like on a schedule? Okay, I'm going to uh post this here, I'm gonna make this post here, we're gonna do this here. I, I'm curious as to how well thought out that was. Cause it was it was dragged out uh longer. I wouldn't say too long, but definitely longer than some other people uh announcements and stuff so it'll be interesting to see all signs are pointing to mvp they posted that something big coming tomorrow it's it's it seems like it's pretty obvious that it will be simon um and so that that will be cool he will also be joining if he does end up going to J- mvp he will also be joining james conrad who also signed a four-year extension with mvp so it looks like that relationship between mvp, uh, MVP and james conrad is going well Four-year extension. Congratulations on that. Uh, you have Gavin Babcock signing with Dysmania. You have Mason Ford signing with Mint, uh, who might win the most original announcement video. If you haven't watched it, give it a watch. Mason's like in all cowboy gear, and he like comes out of a saloon and has like a, a duel with a basket. It was pretty well done and actually filmed pretty well as um, as well. So it was pretty good production out there. So hats off to him, and congrats on moving over to Mint. Austin Hannum uh, is with DGA. That announcement, I believe, just like dropped today. And then you have Maria Leva signing with Infinite. Those are, for the most part, the player movements that have gone down. I don't think we're really missing too many more. Like We're not really waiting for too many more people. I think the last... Person we're really waiting to hear on is Simon of note. There might be some other players as well, um, and we got I got a couple more things, and we'll take more calls here. I want to talk about this. I wish I could share my screen so you guys could see this. Uh, this was tweeted out by Disc Golf Fanatic. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but I thought this was outrageous. One hundred fifty six. That's the total number of PDGA-sanctioned events Michael Haberman played in 2022. This is the most tournament in PDGA history that a single player has ever played. So let's just do the math real quick. There's 52 weeks in a year. If you played three PDGA-sanctioned events a year, that would be 156. The man played three, he averaged three PDGA events a year. Now, I didn't go to see exactly what events we're talking about. My guess is these are probably like one-day events. Because if you're playing three events in a, a week, I don't know how you like fit in like a weekend event. So my guess is there's like, he probably like picks up some sort of like Wednesday event. And then like a Friday flex or a Saturday flex or a Sunday flex. I don't know. Three events. That's nuts. So hats off to that guy. I don't know if that will ever be broken. I mean, that is something that you have to, I mean, you can't miss a week. You can't get injured. You can't get sick. Did I not do the math right? 52 weeks? Are there not 52 weeks in a year? Or am, I, am, I going, am I going insane? 52 weeks in a year? Three events a week? 156 events, there's 54, you guys are tripping. If there's 54 weeks in a year, you are tripping. There's no way, there's 52. I am not getting trolled tonight. My gosh, it is getting late enough to where I could get trolled. I did the math, oh I said per year, sorry, per week. Okay, I said per year, not per week, that is my fault. 52, three events per week for 52 weeks. Incredible. Um, last thing, and this is maybe something that will strike up some topic talki- topics. Oh, we got Chili Phil here. Chili, hold on. I want I want to hear what you have to say, but hold on. Uh last thing. Do contracts in disc golf actually matter? That is that's kind of an open-ended question. I don't I don't know what's going on And sorry, let me let me pair paraphr- for or let me let me Explain what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about to a fan. Do contracts matter? Like, do people care that Simon's leaving Dismania and going to MVP? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if I take my name and I write on the piece of paper, I am going to be sponsored to Discraft for two years. Does that matter? Or can I just like at the end of the season just be like, you know what, discraft wasn't happy. Deuces, I'm out. I don't. I don't know what's going on. I I feel like I don't know if this is getting talked about enough, but this happens a lot in disc golf. And I'll just be I'll I'll be blunt because why not? I think it's pretty crappy on the players to do it. I think it's a pretty crappy thing on the players to do it, especially if you're under the impression of like oh they're not gonna sue me like they're not gonna they're not gonna do that i think that's pretty crappy if you sign a contract for a certain amount of time there are certain things in that contract that must be met if those things aren't met in the contract and, and, and they breached their contract then there should be also writing in the contract that says if you breach but the contract i can go i can leave but if there's no breaching in the contract, what are we doing here? And like, this is where I just kind of I feel bad a little bit for some of the manufacturers out there because it is they, they are in a they are in a terrible spot. If uh, imagine the the like who who is who are the fans going to side with if someone left a contract early and then that contract was and then that manufacturer is basically like you can't leave early, we're suing you. What the heck? If that happened, I feel like most fans are going to side with the player and be like, this isn't cool. Like the, the manufacturers have so much money, they're suing this player. They don't have any money. That's not fair. That's all I'm saying. Again, I don't know what a lot of wording and stuff are said in these contracts. But if it is, if it, it is happening, if it is happening to where players are simply just saying, I'm bored, I'm tired, I don't want to be in this contract anymore, and there hasn't been anything that has been breached by the company, and they are just leaving and saying, like, you can't do anything about it, I think that's messed up. So, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe we'll get a, a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've heard things. I've heard things, and I'm just throwing it out there. If you sign something and they're holding up their end of the deal, you should hold up your end of the deal as well. I'll leave it at that. Let's take some calls. Chili Phil. What up, brother? What up?
1: All right. I have two things. So the first thing is that the Michael Haberman, he actually played like a lot of B tiers
2: and like even A tiers too. Like he traveled a lot. He went overseas to Europe, places what? out there. Yeah. Yes. What? The thing is he would so we have like in Dallas have that that Tuesday Am Slam that that he can play so he played that every single week basically okay and then
1: he would play the ED Friday Flex Start okay and then he would play like his weekend to a tournament and he did that almost every single weekend and then if there wasn't a weekend tournament then he he played Flex Starts I've seen this dude play like a B tier in the morning like a one round and then go play like a Flex Start late. Later, later that afternoon
0: this guy's a monster I need to meet is, is this guy he's in Dallas
2: in Dallas yeah he
0: is all right Phil you gotta hook me up we gotta play with this guy we gotta play with this guy <laughs> I, I have so many questions yeah I'll let him know you want to play that's incredible uh, <laughs> yeah but yeah, he like when he went overseas to,
1: to Europe and played like for a week and a half out there something like that I played to turn he's just a monster he drove almost everywhere he's he's crazy that's awesome yeah. But then the second thing was that on, like, the contract side, I feel like one is on the manufacturers to, like, make sure that the wording in their con- contract is enough to where, like, yes. players
4: can't just use yes. like,
0: feel like No, I agree. If,
1: if, if it's that weak to where, like, the players can just kind of leave and they can't do anything about it, then one that's on them and, like, I really don't have any, like, remorse or, like, any pity for them. But then, too, like if it's if the wording's there and like the players can't leave and they're worried about like that loss of like income, then they can. I don't think there's anything wrong with with, with suing them as a as like a fan. If my player was under con- contract or like I saw a player under con- contract and then he leaves, like I'm not gonna get mad at the manufacturer for trying to cope some of that money back. Like that's an investment that they made into that player, and now they're not holding up their end of the bar bargain. At least, like in my in my first event I'm never going to get mad at the manufacturer for
0: that yeah no you I I think you make a really good point in the wording of the contract and if they don't have language in there that states that you're signing this three-year four-year deal if they don't have wording in there that states like specifically you have to uphold this and if you don't this 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 will happen then you're right like it it's it's kind of on them for for you know messing that up you know and if the player's just like I've got a better offer I'm out it's it's kind of, and, and I think this is where you know it's a learning process right like it, it, and this is too where if you treat these if you treat some of these you know interactions and sponsorships and stuff where it's like oh these people are never going to screw me over like they're my friends like you get burned a couple times and then you start realizing like i i need to turn the stove off like this thing is yeah. this thing is burning the crap out of me so mm-hmm. i think it is a learning process where companies are going to probably get a little bit smarter maybe hire some lawyers or something when it comes to you know these these contracts and, and have stuff in there that protect them a little bit because again when money gets thrown around too now like it is being thrown around like you want to protect yourself to where if you sign someone for a three-year deal and in their first year they blow up and they do incredible and now all of a sudden like they're like well this company over here is offered me three times what you guys are paying me the next two years it's like sorry bro like you signed a three-year deal like that's it that's just what it is um so yeah no i agree with you good points are we playing tomorrow uh yeah in the afternoon okay See you tomorrow. Yeah. Um, all right, let's. I'm gonna add all these people and we'll bring them in one at a time. Let's see what we got. We got. We got some. We got some people. Like I said, if you guys are listening, we got a thousand people over here on YouTube Live. Incredible. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Bait Night. If you want to join the conversation, go over to the Twitter Spaces. It's pinned as the top comment in the live chat, and that is how these. Debate nights go. And if you're listening to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, um, make sure you join live. It's a fun time. All right. Who who we got? Jordan? Let's hit Jordan first.
1: Yeah, what's up, ready.
0: Dude, what what is what you got going on in your avatar? Is that did you make that? Yeah, I just with my digital art. Um, oh, that's sick. Yeah. What the heck?
1: Well, dude, uh, I saw you tweet the other day. Maybe it was you I'm pretty sure that you want to do some commentary. I just wanted to say, like, I think that'd be a great step for just Golf because, I mean, I like hearing Big German Uli and some of the other guys, but hearing you on there would be amazing. I think something they should do is, you know, rotate players in week in, week out, week in and week out week week on Jomez, maybe, um, and just have, like, different commentary. I think that'd be cool.
0: Yeah, with Jomez, I don't see that really probably happening because they kind of have their own thing going, right? and you know they're paying those people uh, i wouldn't be surprised if like Yuli, big germ Sex and Sexton all like were like con- like not contract but like actually like employees at this point of where they're not paying them like as like an individual contractor each time they do it um that was just more geared towards you know i'm always you know i'm always interested in trying new things and just seeing how how it would go, and if I would actually enjoy it. And it's one of those things, too. Like, I could very well be an absolute terrible person on the mic during commentary. And if that's the case, and it's like, woo, okay, glad we tested that out. That is not good. But if it turns out that people enjoy it, um, then that could be something, too, that, you know, down the road could be something I could pursue. And, you know, in I in do.
1: like making your own production company? or no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no. I'm just saying. I'm saying down the road, getting a little bit more involved, maybe in some of the the commentary side of things. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if that's really going to happen because I could see once I hang it up and retire, I'll probably be joining a lot. We'll probably be doing a lot more like live streams of like these, uh, you know, simulcasts, if you will, with Foundation, right? Of where you can like come and hang out with us while we watch the uh, the the stream. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think that the thing that I'd be interested in is because I'm so new to disc golf compared to the majority of people doing the commentary on disc golf. I feel like maybe there might be some things that I see that maybe the veteran disc golfer doesn't even see that as like interesting or new because they've seen it so many times. So, so there could be something that there could be something that I could add, but like I said, there could be a very, a very good chance that I'm absolute trash. And if that's the case, I'm completely fine with that.
1: Fair enough. Kind of like going off that, I guess like experience is the only teacher. But like, you feel like your understanding
5: of disc golf is is way less than someone that's played a lot. I mean, I feel like frisbee in general. Like I play ultimate and throwing the frisbee and shit. I feel like it's it's similar. Like you know the physics of it.
4: I know yeah. You you doing that for so long? I don't think that really lessens your you know,
1: the value and like the understanding you have of how disc fly or how the game is played.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've studied the game quite a bit. Obviously I've thrown myself into it the last three years. Um, So I've studied it quite a bit to where I feel like I have a good grasp on it. But if I was, let's just say I was doing commentary and Sexton was on, on there as well. You know, if, if Sexton started talking about something or if I started saying something and he cuts me off and says, well actually this this and this like i'm going to always like let him take the lead on that right like he's been around longer than me has seen more than me there's going to be probably a lot of things that he sees a certain way that i'm like oh wow i never thought of it like that so i think there might be some areas that i could add to commentary Uh, but ultimately too, I think it just would be, would be fun to get thrown into that and just see how I do, you know?
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Something I wanted to also ask you is like, I guess going off that is like, what do you see? First of all, what is your goals for this year? Like realistic goals? I mean, you could say I want to win every tournament, world championship, but that's not realistic. And also like, what is your, what do you think your role in disc golf moving forward? Maybe after you're done or even while you're in a competitive state the next few years?
0: Yeah, so my goals, that's something that I always share at the end of the season. I kind of, kind of keep those close to my chest um, and, okay. I'll, and then I'll share those kind of at the end. Uh, as far as what are my ideas, you know, once I hang it up and, and finish, you know, foundation is something that uh, I've spent a decent amount of my time trying to help build, right? And I think as soon as I retire and, and hang it up, that will be my main focus i also am an owner of atlas as well um which we have been working on some bags that i can't wait to have come out in 2023 so there's a lot of stuff over on that side of thing uh, on that side that i'm interested in continuing and, and doing more um and then as far as the pro side of things like if there is a home for me to still be involved in some way, I would love to, but I'm not necessarily gonna force
1: myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I really got. just wanted to ask you some of those questions, and I appreciate you for having me on.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it, brother. All right, who's next, what we got? Yo.
1: Yo. So I want to talk to you about contracts a little bit. Yeah. So, First off, I think Chile was uh, was really spot on. And the one thing I'll add to it is I think that going forward, this probably won't happen anymore.
3: Because I think that contracts are now too big.
1: I imagine now there probably are buyout clauses or something to that effect. And so your point about do contracts even matter, I think they do now. I think in the past a lot of contracts were very informal and yep. probably not very like well constructed because the sport was so young and because there wasn't so much money involved. But I do think that going forward, this problem that you're referring to is going to be non-existent because contracts are going to be more airtight. We already see more representation and agents and lawyers getting involved in the space. And so I I just think it's going to become a non-issue. Is kind of just like my take on that. uh, Yeah. what Jilly was saying.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, the contract that they that we signed for the Amazing Race show. I wanted to say it was like thirty some pages, mm-hmm. and and you know that just I guess that just kind of shows you the difference of some people still that are professional disc golfers have one page contracts. Yeah, you know, right. so there, there's a massive, and again, a lot of it's just lawyer talk. There's a lot of it just lawyer talk, right? There's a lot of, you know, that's why, you know, that's why you pay to have a lawyer to make sure that they cover all your bases on both sides, right? On on the manufacturer side and on the player side
1: as well. All right. So I did want to maybe debate here a little bit, actually. Let's actually have a little debate here. Yeah. Possibly. So last debate night, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about this but i don't want to put words in your mouth so please correct me if i if i'm saying this wrong yeah i don't want to misrepresent you uh but you seem to
3: have the opinion that publicly stated contracts
1: were not beneficial or not a good idea so first let me let you like kind of clarify your stance on that
0: i yeah i initially when i first got in and again it's like anything right like you can you can say like oh I was wrong that was bad that was stupid um I think that's how I feel on the contracts I think when I initially got in I was like oh yeah like everyone should be announcing what their contract is I think that would be best for everyone but I'm now I'm now kind of against that almost and thinking like I don't know if that's actually beneficial to players I think there are too many moving parts really when it comes to disc golf with the landscape that disc golf is currently there. And also there's, a you know, there's also this thing of where I've talked about it a little bit of where, you know, if someone is with a company for X amount of years and then they move to another company, the value that they are with that company, you know, might be way higher than the value of the company resigning them again, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I've gone back and forth on it. I definitely would be open to hearing the opinion of why you think either the manufacturer coming out and saying what the contract is or the player coming out and saying what the contract is, why you think that's beneficial.
1: Okay, so here's what I'll say. I don't think it's beneficial to the manufacturer. If anything, it costs the manufacturer more money in the long run to announce contracts because it sets a new bar and a new expectation. So I can understand why a manufacturer would wanna keep that under lock and key uh, just to kind of protect themselves and their budget. However, to give you an argument as to why I believe publicly stated contracts are beneficial, I think it's on multiple fronts. First off, I think it allows players to somewhat understand their value and what market value is now don't get me wrong when you're a you know top 25 top 30 player and you hear that paul f best is getting a million dollars a year obviously you can't have that expectation yourself but maybe if you can find someone a little bit closer to you on the totem pole that has a similar social media presence or a similar performance you can start to get a better idea of what your market value is because otherwise you don't have an idea and you go into negotiations at an extreme disadvantage. Now I do think that that problem is starting to solve itself with the, you know, increase in agents and sports management starting to come into disc golf. But in the past that wasn't there. And so I do think that being able to have public information available would have helped players a lot who don't have agents uh, or before agents became a regular thing. Now, outside of players, I think that the other big reasons why publicly stated contracts are are important is one. I think it helps legitimize the sport. I help. I think it brings more exposure to the sport because more news articles and more discussion is going to take place when big numbers are getting thrown around. It puts more of a spotlight on the sport, so that's exposure and legitimacy that gets added to it. And on top of that, I think it also could attract more sponsorship and advertising opportunities. If big companies, which is what we're chasing after, right? Brody, we're chasing after non-endemics. We have so many endemic sponsors in this fall. We don't have non-endemics. And I know you know business better than me. And so you can tell me that I'm ignorant here. But I do think that big numbers coming out surely have to say that, hey, you know, there's actually a lot of money in this industry. Maybe there's a lot of money to be made in this industry and that can help attract non endemic sponsors more in my opinion.
0: Okay. Question. Cause you make good points. My question to this would be, say I'm a player that gets a lot of fan support because it's, I don't want to say charity cause that's, that's not the right word I'm looking for, but fan support because the fans are like, I need to support this person for them to tour, right? There are players out there like that, correct? Sure. If that person came out and said, I am making $100,000, does that hurt those people that were like, "Well, like do some people go, oh wow, they're making, they don't need me to buy this disc. I'm not going to, I don't need to buy their tour series disc. They're doing fine. They're making $100,000. I don't necessarily think that that is the case
4: because I do think that fans are still going to want to support their people no matter what. I'm not talking about
0: like, I'm not talking about like their their top players that they really love. I'm talking about kind of more people that, you know, more middle of the pack road, you know?
1: So. Give me an example of a player
0: that – like a middle give me a middle of the pack player. I don't know. Just take anyone from 30th in the world to 50th in the world.
1: Okay, so let's take Okay, it doesn't matter.
0: Let's say it's a top 30 player, and we found that now that top 30 player is paying. All right, wait, wait, I gotta, I gotta read, I gotta read this comment real quick. This is okay. from this guy goes, I was buying Zach Melton disc for a while. If he came out balling in a fur coat saying he makes six figures, I would be bummed. I think there are I think there are people like that though I'm not saying it's the mass majority of people, but I'm saying like I think there might be there might be some people out there that they can look at okay, this player is only making fifteen thousand twenty thousand dollars on tour like tour winnings
4: mm-hmm.
0: and they have a sponsorship I'm gonna help support them and buy their discs right like I think there are some people out there that do that to certain players of where let's say they have, let's say they have like five people that they really like. Well, out of those five, they probably, there's probably like three of them or two of them that they really, really like. And the other ones, they kind of like, if all five came out saying like, we're making millions of dollars this year, they probably are going to not buy the discs from the lower people. That, that would be my only point of like, it's, it's tough to have, and we see it we see it from some players right but like we see it from some people of kind of like hey help me out help help keep me on tour like we see it from some people if they came out that those people were making hundreds of thousands of dollars like that 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 kind of way of getting people to buy your stuff kind of goes out the door
1: i don't necessarily agree with that um uh, to be perfectly honest with you, because I see, and this is getting away from disc golf a little bit, but I see, you know, when it comes to situations like even really big YouTubers or big Twitch streamers that people know that those people have tons of subscribers. And Yeah, but they're content, also, um, but they're but they're still getting donations and subscribers, even though they're making millions of dollars. Yeah, but they're
0: also, the thing is they're making content, though. They're They're producing, they're giving you free content versus asking you to buy a product that's why i think there's a big difference because because if i'm going to buy a buzz right if i'm going to buy a buzz and I, and I ultimately i could just buy a stock buzz right i could just go and buy a stock buzz but i might buy a player's buzz instead that's a little bit more expensive because i'm like you know what i can i want to help support that person
1: I think people are still willing to help support people even if they know that they're already making money. So let me – I'll pick an example. What about Tristan Tanner? So he's probably what, like in the top uh, –
0: some, Someone did mention his name as someone that they, they would be bummed about if he came out saying they made a lot of money. He was in the comments. I did see it. Yeah, but I, I think someone like Tristan Tanner,
1: because he, you know, puts himself out there, because he does put out stuff on social media and mm-hmm. used, are used to on a regular basis, does put out content – I do think people would still be willing to support him and buy his disc. Even I agree. He can make bunch of money. Same with, I mean, and I know that's unfair because, like, there's obviously. Well, what about the big names that already, you know, have t- millions and millions of dollars? People still want to buy their stuff because they want to support them. Like, I mean, that happens all the time. No,
0: I, I, I think. I guess the question. My question more is more. My question is. You say it's going to help the player like it would help players if everyone kind of announced how much money they are making. My question though would be, I don't assume, I would assume a player that came out that people thought didn't make that much money that came out all of a sudden I signed this huge contract. I would assume, yes, they're gonna still have some people support them and still like them, but I would assume they're not gonna have more people all of a sudden being like, oh, well I wanna buy. I would assume they would have less that would that would be my assumption i'm not i'm not i'm not saying everyone would just banish them and be like well screw this guy this guy's got plenty of money he doesn't need my support i also don't think people that weren't supporting him would all of a sudden just start coming in and supporting him cuz he's making a lot of money i could just see some people being like oh well i'm going to go support someone that actually needs me to support them that that's all i that's kind of my only argument and it might be a really small number it could be a really small number
1: I think it would really depend on the player and the personality and charisma of the player. For sure. It's it's player by player basis. Matty O doesn't really do anything on social media. He doesn't really put out any content. The guy is just a stud player with a crazy personality. And people love him because of the personality that he has. And I don't think that people would stop supporting him just because they knew
3: that he was making a lot of money with Westside. So I, I think it depends a lot on the
1: player and their personality and how they present themselves. Uh, no, I agree. And build a fandom around themselves.
0: No, I agree. I yeah. No, I I agree. I don't think people. I don't think people would necessarily just bail and be like, "Oh, they're making a lot of money. I'm out of here." I, I my thing is just like I don't see how it'd be beneficial. That that's my my question is I'm still curious as how it would be beneficial for – why it would be beneficial for a player to come out and say how much they're making.
1: Like, it kind of just comes down to my my things that I think it's beneficial for the things I already kind of stated. Just understanding market value better, bringing more exposure to the sport, bringing more legitimacy to the sport, attracting more non endemic sponsors. I think that it's – Certain levels. As a whole, than the industry, than the individual player.
0: Yeah, certain levels. I don't think someone coming out and saying, I'm making $20,000 this year is going to do anything sure if anything it's just going to maybe cause more chaos with some people being like well i'm better than that person why are they getting twenty i i'm not i agree though that i am all for with i'm all for with there being more competition in between the manufacturers i think that is good right like i don't think it's a good thing that um certain people are getting you know you know, quote. I guess like screwed. I guess you know, getting paid way less than they actually deserve. But then the other thing, though, you have to think is if it starts going this way, right? If it starts going like this way, of where like people are knowing how much everyone's making. Um, uh, I actually have lived off of less than twenty thousand a year. By the way, I, I was a I
1: was a teacher for like the first year, getting out of school. You don't make anything as a teacher.
0: Um if you, my point was like, if everyone starts realizing like, oh wait, like the bare, let's just say the bare minimum was like $40,000, right? Mm -hmm. Don't you think now, like, that's gonna cut off a lot of people? Because now, if if manufacturers are having to pay everyone this bare minimum of $40,000, they're not gonna be able to sponsor as many people as they were in the past, because maybe that one person that, yeah, maybe they they should've been paying them 60, but they're getting them for forty, which allowed them to get this other player for twenty. But now they have to get that player for sixty. That player for twenty is gone. So there's also that kind of side of where you might see a lot less sponsored players. Teams getting smaller, That's which is, true. which also might not be a bad thing. Who knows?
1: No, I get your point. I do think that as the tour becomes more prestigious and as Core cards become more important, and space become more limited to top-ranked players. That's naturally going to happen anyway. Uh, as far as like sponsorship or level of sponsorship, um, and that's why there is this separation of like different teams, so to speak, within a manufacturer.
0: Yeah. All right, Dusty. As always, Oh, no, always a pleasure, brother. Always a pleasure. We'll get. We'll bring someone else on here. Um, I think I actually made more. I want to say maybe I was. I think maybe 35,000 was what i made as a teacher i want to say might have been my salary i definitely i definitely made less than 20,000 though when i was a
1: camp counselor
0: that's for sure but i want to say i want to say maybe my teacher's salary was like 35k that seems about right in 2000 what was that 2010 i'm old too you got to remember that i saw people at chipotle they're making um minimum wage was like 30 or not. I don't know if that's minimum wage, but 1350, I think. Is that what minimum wage is now? Some 1350 to work at Chipotle. We just went to Chipotle tonight and I saw hiring 1350 uh, and it looked like it was like the basic job at 1350. And I want to say. When I was a YMCA camp counselor, I want to say I was making $725 an hour. I want to say.
2: All right, hey. sorry. Hey. Yeah,
0: let's get me off of talking about. Get me off of talking about. Yeah, let's go another topic. Let's go.
1: You're good.
6: Let's not talk You're about
0: definitely. finances with Brody here.
6: You're definitely not wrong, though. I um, my first job I started. I live in South Carolina. Yeah, it was minimum wage, and it was seven seventy-five. So.
0: Oh okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I had I had a lot of I had a lot of jobs. Uh, you know, I was a I was a dishwasher for a while. That job sucked. Let me tell you right now, that is one of the worst minimum wage jobs because the place that I was working at, you would just have line chefs basically come off like during busy hours. They would just come off, and you're over dealing with like the silverware and stuff and plates where you like put into the machine and it washes and then it comes out all the pots and pans go into these other big bins and sinks. And so your back would be turned and you'd be over here, like loading all the plates and silverware. And one of the line chefs would fly in with a pot that they just pulled right off of making, you know, some lobster tail or something. And they drop it in your, your, you know, soapy water. And so then you come back to start, you know, picking up the pans that you left off. And the first pan you grab is the one that they just pulled right off the thing and you Oh gosh! that was a brutal job brutal also i don't I don't know why we're getting to like what did Brody do for work, but I also was a golf I also did golf course maintenance and that that drastically made me because i I actually ended up I don't even know if people know this, but I ended up uh doing it gosh with, I withdrew yeah, that's what I did. I withdrew from the University of Florida. So I basically was like, I don't know if I want to do college, withdrew, went home, My mom, living at home with my mom. She's like, you're not just going to be sleeping on the couch all day doing whatever you want. If you're going to be home, you got to get a job. Well, what the heck am I supposed to do? I don't, I don't have any skills or talents. Like, I don't have anything. So I was like, I love golf. I'll do golf course maintenance. Got hooked up there. That was, yikes, that was brutal of a job. I'll tell you that right way there waking up at like four o'clock in the morning cutting grass doing sod that made me real quick be like i need to go back to college and get a degree real quick sorry all right landon what do you got sorry go for it
6: and that was super fun um so i guess kind of the main question i have is what's your and you might have touched on this a little bit in one of the other foundation podcasts but yeah um what are your opinions on like professional players like chris clemens and jordan castro like over twitter and stuff kind of played into the leaks.
0: um yeah it's kind of wild right um yeah yeah i don't i don't know i'm not really quite sure i mean i guess at the end of the day it's more what do like their sponsors and stuff think about it right if the sponsors don't care uh then do whatever like i i have a great relationship with Discraft where they allow me to come on here and they're not like you need to push discraft. You need to sell discraft. I don't want you talking about anyone that's not sponsored by discraft. Don't talk. Like, I can just run my show and talk whatever I want. And I love that. I think it, I don't think it would work if I was like locked in like that. So I don't know if they have like free reign and their sponsors are like, yeah, if you want to like leak information about players coming to our company and stuff, like go for it. I'm not really quite sure. Um, I mean, the the times I spent with chris and Jordan super stand up guys so the only thing I can think of is like there is probably like i don't know i can't I can't think that that's actually a problem but you know them jumping in on it and messing around I, mean, I think that got a lot of people hyped up a little bit
6: yeah I think too um just as like you know contracts keep getting more open and you know. As the disc golf scene gets bigger, I think it's interesting because, you know, last year with Ricky's contract getting leaked and this year with Simon. Well,
0: players need to stop freaking telling people. Like, that's, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a reason why one of the closest guys on tour with me had no, thought I was going to MVP. Yeah. You know, like, if anyone knew I was going to be resigning with discraft, it would be Ezra, and he thought I was going to a different company. It's very simple. Don't tell anyone.
6: Yeah. I know, like, for sure, too, one of the biggest surprises I thought, for sure, like, I thought I knew I was dead set. AB was going to infinite, you know, yep. I was close with Drew. Like, yep. it made sense. Um, and then I find out yesterday, y'all released a video with this craft, and then he signed with this craft. And that was a big shock to me, as well as, like, Colin Hanley, too. I had no clue where she was going. So I um I think it's interesting, like, you know, when, um, like, how Hunter was talking about the first, like, leak about Simon he saw on Twitter was just this like like completely random guy. I think it's interesting like the kind of random people play into it and kind of stir up some drama. Yeah.
0: I, I think it, with like the, the higher names get into it, well, I think it creates more drama but also it kind of takes some of the like surprise out of seeing contracts being signed. I mean, it's one of those things too. Again, it's this, it's this family aspect that disc golf has of where you know, all it takes is a couple of people getting fired from their jobs because they told the wrong people information that should not have been leaked out. Right. Um, and then once that happens, like you set a precedent, like, Oh, you can't do that. Like if I'm working at a company and I see all of a sudden that we're starting to make a disc for someone that isn't sponsored by us, you would think that I would be under wraps to like, not go and tell my buddies that I play disc golf with. Like you guys have no idea. We were just I was just making discs for Ricky Wysocki today. Like he's on Innova. Yeah. Like why? Why is Dynamic making Ricky Wysocki discs? Like yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, there is some of that of where friends know friends, or Mm-mm. the information is getting leaked. And again, is it happening because companies want to create buzz? If that's the case, and that's brilliant, and that's smart. If that's what they think is best for them, awesome. But if they want to have like their big moment of like surprising everyone and it gets leaked that way, then that's kind of messed up.
1: Yeah. So I agree with that. All and right. One more thing, too. Yeah. To touch real quick. Um, I think, you know, obviously not to go too far and do it again,
6: but I think what you were talking about earlier with the um, team sport aspect, um, I'm sure not a lot of people keep up with it, but another sport,
4: um, like if you look at supercross and motocross. Yep. Um, like, there's different, you know, manufacturers for the dirt bikes, um,
6: and yes, there's, like, quote-unquote teams, but, like, I mean, you even see feuds between, like, some of the guys that are in the same classes on the same team, like, going neck-and-neck, and, neck. and that's like, that's a contact sport. Like, disgust, obviously, you know, you kind of just stay in your own lane, but that's like, you know, you can see teammates getting with, aggressive with each other. Yeah, And, yeah, like, you know, you're on the same team, but kind of like what you said, like, you know, you're not necessarily, like, rooting for someone on Discraft to do bad, but, like, at the end of the day, like, you're getting paid to go do your job. You're not getting paid to, like, go encourage someone else. Correct. And then, uh, Also, I think a lot of people underestimate, too, like, you know, how you're kind of talking about the whole Paul situation. Like, I mean, I think you honestly, like, respectfully handled it, like, pretty professionally. I mean, that was some that was some pretty big news, I feel like, to most people, considering, like, you know watching all the videos with y'all building the bag obviously you know not very many people know like the super intricate details Yep. but if you know if you and paul like you know if y'all don't want to have a relationship like that's between you two and yeah i kind of get with your what you're saying like about maybe like you know at the house things being a little bit awkward but like i i definitely agree with you with the aspect of like you know that's between you and Paul. Like that's not really like something that's super mandatory in the whole like idea of a team. Cause at the end of the day, like you're getting paid to do your job.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
6: All right. Well, I appreciate you taking my call.
0: All right, brother. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Yeah. All right. Who else we got in here? Who wants to who wants to chat? Yeah, brody.
1: It?
0: Hey, brody. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. What's up,
1: brother? hopefully I have a brand new topic for you. Um, I did tweet at a uh, Hunter when he asked for uh, debate night ideas, but, um, in terms of growing the sport, I'm surprised. No one has reached out to try and do a collab with Duke perfect yet because they have the younger generations in the palm of their hands in terms of
0: YouTube videos. Can I tell you something?
1: Yeah. Uh, they make a lot of money so is that like they make a, a, lot, they make a, a lot collab money. fee like i they
0: don't know, like, i mean it's it's worth? a it's a collab fee that doesn't exist in anyone's budget in disc golf i'm i'm
1: just so just too small to
0: have to go down that path What's that disc golf is just too small still to go down that path i mean i don't i mean <laughs> It doesn't take a lot to see, like I mean, they're building a 150 million dollar amusement park, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, that that I saw.
0: But I mean, it's if, it.
2: If it, that's the case, that sucks because I can just
0: see it as a win-win for both parties. So that's. If I'll I make a video. I'm not gonna give. Right, go I was gonna say I'm not gonna give numbers out, but I'll do like a I'll uh, compare them to me, okay? But you're gonna multiply my situation, let's say, by like 10,000. So like if someone reached out to me and said, hey, we want you to do a YouTube video with our product, um, we'll give you $100. I'm gonna say politely, sorry, I'm not gonna do that. Okay. That's, that's now, that's, their, that's the same kind of situation, right? Now, I have a good relationship with some of the guys on Dude Perfect. I've obviously done a couple videos with them. Um, they're dope dudes. Uh, If, if if it happens naturally of where they want to go and do, you know, play disc golf with me and I can film it and put it on my channel. uh, That would be dope. I would love that. I think that is, there's a good possibility of that happening in the next month or so. If you're asking, okay, well, we want dude perfect to make a disc golf video. That's a much harder ask.
1: Yeah, I was just looking at it because you know
0: all their their videos get millions and millions of views. The only if, yeah, if the, for some, if somehow like some company could do like a Dude Perfect
1: themed like starter pack that would sell out incredibly fast. Yeah, I mean I could because, you know kids just want to do Perfect merch no matter really. what. But
0: you also is. have to you have to also think about it on their side too. <clears throat> when you're someone like as big as Dude Perfect, you have to think of how many people are pitching them ideas all the time. Right. So yeah. they have to pick and choose what they want to do. Um, our best bet, honestly, our best bet is if they wanna run back another trick shot battle, and instead of me using frisbees, I'm using disc. That's honestly our best bet of getting disc golf on their channel. All right. Well, thanks so, for your insight. I gotta get better at disc golf though, that's the thing. I gotta get better at disc golf or it's not gonna work. <laughs> Thanks, Brody. All right, brother. Thanks for calling in. All right, let's finish it off. We got a couple more people on here. Who's next? Hey, Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah, what's up, brother?
1: So I have two questions. Yeah. Uh, one is I just want to know your stance. I know you and Ezra talked about this on your YouTube channel, but Nebula versus Buzz, where do you stand?
0: Nebula is a little bit smaller, like rim size. So if you like that feeling of a little bit smaller disc, Nebula is your play. If you don't, buzz.
1: kind of transitioning into the tour series what are your thoughts on the stereotypical tour series like how Discraft and Inva does it where they have a a wave release of discs per year as opposed to something like Discmanias where they come out with like creator series discs over time like how we have four iterations of the Sky God for Simon and the Cloudbreakers and the Lone Apples
0: oh yeah I haven't I haven't really given that much thought sorry I don't I don't know what, yeah. No, I no much I, I have no idea. I think different manufacturers do it differently. Disc Mania might have to do it that way because they don't uh, in the past they didn't like actually make their own disc, right? So they're kind of at the right. mercy of Innova. There's a lot of factors that go into it. I don't have really any intel on that topic.
2: All right. So do
1: you mind if I ask you a different question in relation to Tor Series Disc? Yeah,
0: go for it. Are they have have I don't
1: want you to release your disc yet because I don't want anything to happen, but sure. have the discs already been decided and are they
0: already in production? I don't know about if they're already in production. Um, I know a handful of players have already been decided. I believe there are still some players that are still making decisions. Awesome. Last
2: I heard.
1: All right. Thanks for Allowing me to take the call. Hope you decide to go to Sky
2: Streak for your disc. Oh yeah, Sky Streak, heck yeah! And hopefully, I'll see
1: you at the uh, Pro Tour Championship.
0: Oh heck yeah! I hope to make it back there again, dude. Appreciate, it, brother. Thanks for calling in. All right, we got a couple more people. Who wants it? Who wants to fin- finish it off here? We got three more people in here. Um, I'll, I'll go. Hey,
1: what's up, Brody? What's up, brother? Hey, what's up? Um, I want to give a shout out because um, when I moved, you moved to a city where I used to play a lot of disc golf. Um, shout out to uh, Texas and stuff. Oh, nice. Oh, um, yeah. And so I, I was really ingrained because that's where I learned how to play disc golf it was probably at Veterans Park, you know. Um, yep. And then um, I got with the community and it was for like a long time before I got into organized disc golf, you know. Um, and there's like a big leap, I think, between like um, the discovery and onboarding to what people say in parentheses, the sport of disc golf, versus like the organized part, which a lot of people would say, hey, we need to push um, a product, right? But there's a lot of IP and branding that a lot of players are like missing out on that I know that like it's, um, it could be, be benefited, right? You know? And I think that's why I like, um, one one awesome point that you did uh, was for you bring up like the driving range incidents um with the with the championship or the US TGC. I'm not sure which one. Oh, you're
0: talking about the world the world's one.
1: Yeah, the world's one. Right? Yep. Like you're talking about like raising standards and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And having these different standards
3: does does cost money. If it's like any resourcing and stuff.
1: Yep. And so I was wondering, like, would any type of different types of leadership, right, could able to free up the players so they don't have to, like you're saying, sell a product. They can actually just go and be better at the sport. And they can actually help onboard maybe more by, by just being more um, with the sport as opposed to trying to struggle with the, the touring aspect of it, right? Like the production end of it, you know? Uh, which I know, like, disc golf is at its infancy at the moment. Yeah, you know?
4: yeah. Uh, it, it is,
0: all goes down to eyeballs. You know, you got, you got to get more eyeballs watching disc golf. You got to get more people playing disc golf to then convert those people into people that watch disc golf to where then you can have outside money from companies that aren't involved in disc golf directly paying to get those eyeballs of people watching the disc golf tournaments, which will then boost up the tournament purses and now players can go out there and say, hey, if I have a couple top 10s, if I have a couple good finishes this year, I can make a decent amount of money and that will take away a lot of people stressing over trying to sell their discs, right?
1: Um, so you were saying eyeballs right so would it be eyeballs on the product eyeballs on the organization or eyeballs on like the the talent itself
0: i think it'd be eyeballs on the actual like the the actual stream of the tournament if you if we can get a hundred thousand people yeah if we can get a hundred thousand people to tune in to watch disc golf live that's some. That's a number that you can go and take to other companies and say, "We have a hundred thousand concurrent people watching this. Do you want to put any advertising behind
1: it?" So, like some um, some metrics, technically correct know, with some broadcasting. Yeah, because there's
0: certain numbers that people are. It's not even going to respond to your email. So you got you got to give them a number that they're like, "Holy smokes! I had no idea. We need to we need to pay attention to that." So,
1: Hell oh, yeah. Um... And then I think on what I want to end it off on, right, and I know a lot of people would just say, like, um, would, would other forms of entertainment revenue, uh, like tokens, et cetera, right? You know, it doesn't matter if it was on a blockchain
0: or if it was a, a You are talking, I'm just going to cut you off. I know right? nothing about any of that.
1: Well, well, one of the things is that I was thinking that when we're talking about funding and getting eyes on things right so uh um, yeah. brody you have a project and you technically don't have you just you have your own ip right so those ips can technically turn into these different types of contracts you were saying like if a player want fans to support them and stuff right and it got me to really think about like hey if if a, if a player were to put out a contract and they were to get like a sponsorship from the blockchain right you know um, like how would how would that be actually be sustainable towards the whole organization I have
0: you whatever you're talking about you're way too smart for me I have no idea what's going on
1: well we can chat later man
0: you know, yeah hit me up on Twitter shoot me yeah tweet I have no idea about the blockchain so if you want to tweet me some stuff to kind of give me some info about what the heck the blockchain is I'd love to read up on it it's 12 o'clock at night. This is not the time for me to learn about blockchains. So, oh
1: no, you're talking about funding and stuff, and I hope uh, I hope that it will be an option and solution in the future. Thank you for having me on no
0: mistake. Of course, bro. Yeah, hit me up. Let me know what the heck a blockchain is because I've actually heard it multiple times. I have no
1: idea what it is. All right. Hey, hey Brody. I know it's uh, I know it's twelve o'clock.
4: I'll I'll, I'll give you a couple question to wrap this up real quick okay i promise you i am just
0: as dumb as you zero blockchain not i'm not a blockchain guy (laughs) all right so i'm a a part of my guy. that's where i got
1: introduced to you and i thought you were a super cool dude i i'm uh i'm a golfer i'm 37 years old i'm a guy when you started playing golf it wasn't a cool sport and i think this golf has some parallels to where like you're trying to drum up It's almost like a golf or a bowling to where I think people like the idea of it, but it's going to take a little while to build some stuff up, right? So my question to you is I have a couple of things, right? Live Golf has taken over the PGA Tour with influence. Darts is wildly popular in European countries, not so much in the States. Where do you think this golf kind of lines up with, like, a sport like darts that's popular in other parts of the world, or a live golf just takes the right people with the right purse to kind of come in there and change the game up. What's
0: your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean I think live golf is a little bit of a different animal because you I mean when you have something that has an insane amount of funding, it's you know, when you can just throw I mean those guys are overplayed. So overpaid. So when you can just throw money around like that you can, you can have an immediate impact in anywhere you go. The darts thing is a little bit more interesting to me because, I mean, it's obviously electric. That th- There's that video that went viral recently, right? Electric. Uh, um, and I've, I've watched my fair share of, of darts on TV before yeah. and for such a simplistic sport. I mean, the fact that they literally have a zoomed in camera to you know a, a two by two or a two by three, triple, triple uh, twenty, and like people are just on pins and needles looking at that thing. It's insane. Now, to me, it seems like I don't think darts would be as successful if you took them out of that atmosphere, right? Most of those tournaments are in like these big bars, everyone's drinking, everyone's having a good time. Could darts do the same? same numbers and the same excitement if you put it in the atmosphere like a cornhole where it's like in an arena i don't know but
1: well i'm pretty sure i'm, I'm sorry i may cut you off but i'm pretty sure it was because i'm pretty sure some of the bar school guys like hank and those guys i think madison square garden like sold out like fucking three-day dirt tournament there really is, and that's that's why i bring it up because like, disc golf, to me, is one of those things like darts. When you watch it, you're like, oh, I can do that. That's super easy. Yep. And then you get out there, and you're like, uh, I can't do any of this stuff. And, like, guys like you, I mean, I, I, I don't – I'll be with you. I'm like a five-year-old when it comes to this stuff. But what I've heard about you is you are you, – you know, you are one of the guys, right? So it's like – if you are Tiger Woods 27 years ago, you're not, or, or Jack Nicholas years, you're not Tiger Woods, you know. So, like, part of me wonders, like, if a guy like you kind of like knocks the doors down to like the next generation, all of a sudden they can sell out a Madison Square Garden thing like that. That's that's why I asked if you guys in your sports see any comparisons to. You know, soccer is the biggest sport in the world. We just don't give a fuck about it in the United States. Yeah. And I wonder if there's some comparisons. Like you mentioned Dude Perfect earlier, paying for guys, doing different things. And that's where the Live Golf comparison came from. me. Almost to like they, they are the pockets and they can kind of, you know, pillage a little bit as far as what they pick and choose to do. That That's where that came from because uh, you are an athlete. You are a professional athlete. You are wildly talented, and I think what's hard for some people to kind of wrap their heads around is you're a a super normal dude, you know? So I I just wonder if that's where the comparisons come from, and I wonder if you've seen down the road in five, ten years, is this disc golf a sport to where you see it being, you know, surpassing, say, like a lacrosse in the United States? Like, does it get further along than that?
0: I, I think there's a lot of, obviously, advantages that disc golf has where it's a very, obviously, it's, a, it's an individual sport to where you can, you can just go out and play it. You can uh, buy all sorts of different types of discs. Uh, you can play it in all different kind of areas, whether it's on a golf course or in the woods. Where lacrosse, the, 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 the trouble that lacrosse has is super expensive. you got to buy a lot of equipment. You need a lot of people to play the sport. There's obviously a lot of advantages and disadvantages. But you look at a sport like football, one of the, the most popular sport in America, and it's the same thing. Expensive, got to play, pay for pads, cleats. You, there's a lot of helmets. You got, there's a lot of things you have to go into, and then you have to have a team. So I don't think that also, I, I don't think that just makes it the fact that it's very accessible and easy to start. I don't think that solves all the problems. I, I think it is a sport that, has potential of a lot of growth for sure, but I don't know. I don't know what makes I don't know what's gonna make disc golf bigger than lacrosse. I don't know what's gonna make disc golf fall off the planet and no one cares about it. I'm not entirely sure. It's it's weird. I think a lot of times like just stuff happens. Players get into sports and make it bigger. I mean golf wasn't really that big until Tiger got into it. He brought a whole new generation to uh pay attention to it you know the i don't
4: UFC, know Yep, mcgregor
0: like there's things like yep. yeah Connor mcgregor came at the perfect time with the ufc that just blew that all up yeah i'm not i'm not really entirely sure like what happens it, it's it can be very similar to youtube you know there's a lot of luck involved of whether or not you get big or not on youtube you know like there's
1: you are right though, like hockey, actual golf, those are very expensive sports to, like get into when you're younger for someone like me, who's I know nothing, like how much does it cost if I'm a 12 year old kid? And my dad wants to buy me a kit to go do disc golf.
0: I mean, you can like, play. You can buy one disc. You can buy a used disc for seven dollars and have a great time playing. You know, so lots of lots of benefits there. But again, ultimately at the end of the day, it's kind of you know there's a reason why like soccer isn't pop there has to be a reason why soccer isn't popular in the united states but it's popular running, at, well yeah yeah yeah. but i'm saying it's it, there's a reason why if you go to brazil it's way more popular than everywhere else and maybe the answer is like well brazil doesn't have basketball they don't have well they have basketball but they don't have an nfl they don't have i don't know i don't know it's it's weird i don't have the answer to that it's very interesting i know a lot of people obviously when you get into these niche sports it was very similar with Ultimate. People love talking about like, oh, if this happens, it's going to blow up, and all we need is this to happen, and then it's going to blow up. I think at the end of the day,
2: you just have to kind of play it by ear, do your best, and see what's what, see what happens. It's it's this is open.
1: probably a, this is probably a loaded question for you, but like, I mean, how much of do you, how much of it do you put on your shoulders? I mean, you got nearly a million followers.
0: I put zero on my shoulders. What the heck? I'm just doing my thing. If people want to come along and join the journey, come along. If, if it's not – I mean, I, I've taken – obviously, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. Go and look at my numbers. I've taken a massive hit switching from Frisbee trick shots to golf and then switching from golf to disc golf. I think I had 1.2 million on Instagram and, like, getting 20, 30, 40, 50,000 likes on posts. Now I'm lucky if I get five thousand likes on posts. It's one of those things though where I've never, from the very get go, when I started doing frisbee videos, clearly I was not going to. I was not making frisbee videos to get famous and rich. No one was doing that, so it wasn't like that was even a thought in my head. I got lucky. It turned out pretty decent for me, but my entire career on social media has always been me doing the things that I want to do and things that bring me enjoyment and if people want to tune along and watch and support awesome if they want to say this sucks go back to frisbee trick shots this sucks go back to golf that's their opinion but i'm always going to do the stuff that i enjoy i'm never going to do the thing that people want me to do
1: great answer man. thanks for letting
0: me talk i appreciate it all. of course brother take it easy man
1: thank you i was going to um like piggyback off of that conversation Um uh, like okay so when different sports are like um taken over by different i don't know like people who play it and stuff right i think like the broadcasting is a little bit different and you know so like just kind of like blackout like dates and stuff sometimes you don't even get the games in your own cities and you're just like what's going on you know like it's just really really hard to like kind of like brogu was saying like just get eyeballs on on a bunch of stuff you know um and, like, I, I don't know, like, this is this is kind of cool, you know, to have, a like, an open disc golf forum to kind of talk about some issues, right? So, so that way we can just keep thinking about, like, what the community could could one day have a solution for, it, you know? So if yep. it's something that we really want, we can, like, try to actually build it, you know? Oh, um, instead speaking, of being like, yeah. for, speaking for all fat people, we're going to need golf carts. We're going to need some golf carts. Yeah, I, I think... That, I, know, yeah.
0: I think... I think having like individual like little individual golf carts could be crucial. Like having a little skateboard, like with those skateboard things that you can zip around on, that would be pretty dope. All right, Mitchell, finish this off, brother. I gotta go to bed. So to kind of touch base on like what Big Tone said, so
1: with individual sports and stuff, and like when you start out in middle school and in elementary school, You pay an athletic fee and you get, it's like whether it's $90 and they give you pads and that type of stuff. Like what if we did that from a disc golf perspective where say you wanted to be on a disc golf, a youth disc golf team, where you, your parents would pay like a 10 to $15 athletic fee and they'd give you a disc and then you would also basically have practice at the local course and stuff like that. And I think the biggest thing to growing the sport is growing the youth movement and building youth tournaments and stuff like that.
0: I agree. No, I agree. Uh, the, the youth side of things is crucial. Um, but this is where I'm at. Like when I... When I I was going through my sports journey as a kid, my mom literally let me play anything and she would let me switch. If I got bored of baseball, she would let me go play soccer. If I got bored of soccer, I went to play flag football. She never really locked me into anything. And so I was really able to bounce around and try everything out to see what I liked. And that's where ultimately I think is a difficult thing for some people to realize of where we might just be I'm trying to equate it to like food. and I could sound really dumb with this uh, with this analogy, but like we might be the people that like caviar, right? Yeah, like we you're, might you're a vegan
1: and everything else is. Meat
0: and potatoes, that's a great. Comparison. Yeah, like we, we might just be those people that really enjoy caviar, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, there's just a lot of people that don't like caviar and no matter how much we tell people caviar is awesome, it's delicious, it's the best ever, there's just going to be a lot of people that are not interested in trying it. And that's where I think it's it's a struggle because it's like I don't I can tell like there's other sports out there that people are so passionate about and love it so much. Rock climbing. That's that's a good one. There like if you've ever gone and talked to a rock climber before, they will talk your ear off of how much what you know I did this and oh my God, I went to the gym today and I beat my time here and I'm going to do, they absolutely love it. I could care less. I have no interest in rock climbing. I don't care at all. And it is, it is what it is. And you know, if we just found disc golf and I think there's no problem, there's, there's no, there's no issue with disc golf, not getting any bigger. There's no issue with disc golf, um, not being one of the big, biggest sports. I think for me, what I'm trying to do is at least just expose people to it. I think that's what's crucial is if you're someone that just says, I don't like caviar and I go, well, have you ever had it? And you say no, then I'm going to be like, well, how do you know you didn't like it? So it's, it's trying to get those people just to try disc golf. And if they turn out and say like, this sport sucks, you guys are a bunch of wimps. Why are you playing this? So be it. I can't I can't change that person's mind. But at least they tried it out and gave it a shot. I think there's a lot of people that haven't given disc golf a shot, don't even know about disc golf, and could really enjoy it. But until they get out there and try it, they have no idea. And that's where I'm at. It's like, let's just try to expose people to it. But I'm not in the camp of disc golf is the greatest sport ever and every other sport sucks. Like No, like when you, when you are in the sport that you love to play, you think your sport is the best.
1: Yeah, we're all on pretty much an echo chamber. We all have different,
0: yeah, we all have different uh takes on it. So, all right, I'm going to take the last call. This, oh, real fast. I think the reason why more people don't get to disc
1: golf is because the learning curve when you start is so high. Like, we all experience no. when you when you. I would,
0: I would, I would actually really say the
1: opposite.
0: I would say actually the opposite. I think disc golf has one of the easiest learning curves, and I think, the problem that some people might find with it is how how easy of a sport it is when they don't really understand that they might just be playing a course that's really easy. Like there's not enough information out. Like everyone knows if you go play mini golf that you're not actually golfing. So if you go out and you play mini golf and you shoot 10 under, you're not going, well golf is easy, like why the heck am I playing this? This sport's stupid. You understand you're playing a different sport. There are a lot of courses out there that are mini golf disc golf courses, but they're not labeled that way. They're just labeled a disc golf course. So if you go out there and play it for the first time and you go out and shoot 10 under, you're gonna be like, this sport's stupid. What the heck, this sport's so easy. I don't wanna play this. You don't realize there's a whole other element to it. So it's it's all about getting people information, letting them understand how what disc golf really is, getting them exposed to what disc golf at the highest level looks like, so when they do go out there and try it, they understand that there's a lot of growth and a lot more they can go, and not this. Oh, well, I can just go out here and you know dominate. This is super easy. So, all right, thank you guys all for calling in. I appreciate it. We're gonna wrap the show up here. Um, dang, that was a good. That was a good, uh, good long little episode there. We got some good calls. Still, still, uh, still open for uh, maybe some other callers. I know that one guy would that one guy say that i got offended by uh does anyone remember what he said i asked him to come on the twitter space i didn't get offended that's not the right word i don't
1: really get offended anymore
0: um i got i saw it and i was like i want this guy to come on and talk to me what the heck did he say i forget what he said hopefully someone's still listening and they can remind me um because i he didn't come on here and talk about it so i want to finish off how do I call? I'm drunk and full of confidence. Oh gosh, I no, you we know. don't. Something about my hairline? No, the hair is coming off soon. At some point, I don't know when, but it's coming off soon. I'm going to shave my head. It's happening very soon. Oh, he said I'm. Um, oh, it was the Paul. Okay, I don't want to get into the situation. I was being childish over Paul. Don't want to get into this situation. Never mind. I was ho- hoping maybe he would come on and then say something and then I could like let him know of like. You don't understand what actually ended up happening, but uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that. anymore. All right. Uh, I think that's it. I think I, I went through my list of everything I wanted to talk about. Show notes are done. Uh, The chat was popping off tonight. Everyone that joined on Twitter spaces. Thank you. We're going to keep, keep this going. Uh, let me know name suggestions. I'm going to try to figure out this microphone situation so the audio sounds way better tomorrow. Or not tomorrow, but next episode. But this was good. I always have a fun time coming on here, speaking my mind, having you guys listen to it, and then having you guys fire back some shots and uh, let me know when I'm wrong. All right, I think that's all I got for tonight. Uh, We'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to Foundation Podcasts. That's huge. There's 700 of you listening on YouTube, 40 of you on Twitter Spaces, Foundation Podcast. That's where you're on right now. This is Foundation Podcast. Tons of contact content gets posted on here. Majority, 99% of it is disc golf related. There are a handful of things that we talk about sometimes that aren't disc golf related. Uh, Bogey Bro Banner is a good little show where we just talk about whatever. But for the most part, if you want to stay up to date for disc golf, you want to get in the conversation, subscribe right here, Foundation Podcast. We're closing in on 25,000 subscribers, which would be incredible. So thank you guys so much for all the support. Thanks for listening. If you're listening to this after the fact and you made it all this way through, I think at this point, you've already realized these debate nights go long. And I don't have Hunter here telling me we need to stop or Silas telling me you got to stop talking. When I'm solo dolo, I just go until I can't go anymore. So it is what it is. I gotta go to bed. I gotta get a run in the morning. We got this 5k that we're training for virtually here in a couple of weeks. So wish me good luck for that. A Couple of weeks. It's like a week and a half. Um, but other than that, again, thank you guys so much. Appreciate all the support. Thanks for tuning
1: in, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Let's end it. Uh na-na-na-na-na. finish it. Uh na-na-na-na.